three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Ruse Radio. We're back at it again with another very special guest. Who is our guest today? Shawnee. What's up? Shawnee. Shawnee, now, Shawnee, you are an individual who is making waves out here in this local scene. Could you tell me a little bit about uh, what you, what is your motivation when it comes to like, like, what is it that, that drives you to help people? Because I think a big part of what you do is you, you try to see the good in people and you want to help people. So I guess before even that, just tell, us, tell everybody a little bit about what it is that you do. Okay, so my name is Shawnee. Um, I'm also a B-girl. My name is uh, C4 uh, in the hip-hop community. So if you want to look me up. Anyway, um, yeah, so I am a mentor, I'm a lover of humanity, um, I'm a B-girl, a breaker, uh, I'm a photographer. I'm just like, in general, a community builder. So, really just love people. But how do you build community? I build, I build community by loving people. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's it. I, I love people. Um, I love them well. I see them. And not only do I see them, I highlight them to other people through, you know, just whether it's conversation or through video projects with True Heart Project or True Heart Photo, like what I'm doing with photography. I just really love to tell people stories, but it's not even just about me telling stories. It's about me giving them space to speak their story. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we were talking a little bit about... the heart. Yeah. Well, and that's not easy. That's an no. art. That no. is an art to... It is to uh, highlight the heart, I, I should say. It's been a long time. I've been doing this for like 18 years. So really? I started mentoring and loving on youth and what would be labeled as at-risk youth. Um, back, I started in 2003, 2004. So okay. like, I have thousands of kids who are no longer kids. I've been, I used to run a program called Fuel for Teens. So like, I have thousands and thousands of kids all over all over the fuel place. Yeah. and what was that so basically it was like we just took over a church wing and there was dodgeball basketball every friday night kids would come between 100 and 200 students uh would come every friday night and the kids that i would get would be the ones that you know needed a safe space needed uh, a place just to be free and to be themselves and so through that i really learned how to love well um and uh became the person i kind of needed back when i was you know, teenager. Yeah, so, everybody needs that. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was really hard. It was a lot of work, you know, because when, when you have a hard life and a hard upbringing, which most of my kids did, um, you have a hardness towards people. You don't trust people. So I learned the art and of building trust. And uh, so now it just translates into everything that I do now. Yeah. I'm a trust builder. Well, and it's yeah. an art. Um, I, I, I guess, what exactly, what, what are some lessons that you learned, I guess, uh, to help aid in that? Like, I, I, it's not exactly a simple thing to know how to get others to feel comfortable in their own skin. Like, right. I do agree that everybody needs that kind of thing, but it's hard to even show someone that that's what they're missing. You know, I think a lot of people get so caught up in this very mundane, like, 
you, you know, you're very familiar with your family environment, you're very familiar with your surroundings, and so you get caught up in this idea that there isn't uh, this whole world inside of you. And I think you need people to come along and show you that. Mm -hmm. But how do you do that? How is that possible? I create a safe space and a safe space to be real. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned in loving people and in, in gaining trust is, is really to not have an agenda. Mm. There's no agenda. I'm not seeking a particular result. I'm not seeking for them to behave a certain way or to act a certain way or to be a certain way. I'm not there even to fix them or save them. I'm there to love them. And so when you don't have an agenda, it kind of frees people up, you know, to be like, oh, she's just here for me? Yeah. She's just here for me? Yeah. She just really loves me? Like, she actually cares about me? She just doesn't care about me because this is a really cool thing to do for kids? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? She's. I know exactly what you're saying. Do you know saying. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think a lot of people get so mission-minded mm -hmm. that they... And they, they just become so passionate about the mission that they miss the heart of the people, right? So the mission itself isn't bad. It's just the, how you're going about it, you know, and if you're doing it in a genuine way and just being real, you know. So, like, I've just literally learned how to be real um, and to not have an agenda other than to love and to see them for who they are mm. and to celebrate who they are where they're at in that moment, you know? Um, or maybe not where they're at in that moment. Celebrate them, but like see them from who they were created to be. I can just see people. Um, it's it's kind of crazy. So even if in you're in a rough place, I'm speaking to them from like from the place of their potential. Yeah. Like I see who you are. I know this is where you're at right now, but this is who you are, you know? What you're going through isn't doesn't define you. It's, it's just a moment in time right now. But don't, don't forget who you truly are. This is who you are. This is what I see. You know, and just like loving people like that. And it just, I don't know, it just frees people up to have the conversations that they wouldn't normally have, um, to ask the questions, you know, um, to be safe and to just open up. So it's, it's <coughs> yeah, it's been a crazy little journey. <coughs> I swapped my coffee wrong. Ooh. Yeah, you did. I did. You caught me. Um, are you familiar with Daryl Davis? No. Mm -mm. Daryl Davis is, he's, uh, I think he was a retired police officer. He's African-American. Mm. And he went to his whole thing. He had a big TED Talk and all of this. And he had converted a KKK member out of the Klan as a black man. He went into the, he would go to rallies with this guy. He befriended him, he would go to rallies with him. I think I have heard of him. He's a pretty, he's a pretty yeah. popular case. Yeah. But I think this is like, to me, that is a testament to what you're talking yes. about. I think that a lot of people, even more so now than ever, I think these things are perpetuated through, uh, you know, the way that we talk to each other nowadays, because uh, most of the time it's through a screen. Right. So I think it's much easier to otherize people and not humanize them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They treat, they, they look at people as objects. Yeah. So, you know, I have the capability, um, I have the capacity, I have the skill now and, and a gift, I really see it as a gift to see people no matter where they're at. I don't care if they're struggling with, you know, being violent, being angry, crying, you know what I mean? Like these habits that, that people would even say, 
you know, you deserve the worst type of torment and torture, I still see hope for that person. Mm -hmm. I still, because the reality is, is that nobody grows up saying, when I grow up, I want to be a child molester, or when I grow up, I want to be a murderer, or when I grow up, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be, you know, addicted to drugs or, you know. It's not black and know, white. There's a lot of gray in the we middle. We don't grow up saying these things. This is not the true heart of the person, you mm -hmm. know? So I'm always like, there's something, there's someone in there. They're not an object. They're, they're not, a, you know, something disgusting. They're a human being. Yeah. All of us are human. And although that doesn't take away the fact that people need to be held accountable for what they do and that, you know what I mean, there needs to be those consequences and, you know, we can't allow this behavior or accept it, um, you can still treat somebody like a human being mm. no matter what. It's really important. And a lot of people don't have a capability to do that. I have a specialty, you <laughs> know, just to love people well. You know, and when you love people, and I call it loving people to life. Um, what What do you mean by that? Loving people to life, people who um, maybe have accepted their the the lies that they believed about themselves that other people have spoken to them, and so they're just really succumbing to the sorrow, the grief, the trauma, um, the life that they feel like they can't escape, and they're just kind of dead in that. You know, mm. to living a life. Um, that maybe they once dreamed of and so or giving up like they'll just always be hurt and this is the way it'll always be and so I I really love to love people to life so that they can begin to hope again you know yeah um, and begin to dream again um, begin to even just receive love it's just like it changes your world it changes everything hmm. everything you I believe think, yeah. in somebody, you believe in somebody, you see them, they're going to begin to rise up to it, right? They, they'll see that in themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll, they'll wonder, yeah. like you were saying earlier before we uh, off the air, <laughs> you were saying that um, people, what, what, what was it that you just said? You said that they'll see it in themselves. Yeah, they'll see it in themselves. And I think I completely lost my thread right there. I just completely lost my thread thinking about that off It'll the air. So I was like, I'm going to say off the air, and that just completely threw me off. <laughs> and then your brain went off the air? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was what it was. But no, anyway, I think yeah. when you're in that position and you see that in that person, mm -hmm. it reignites something with... Oh, yes. that's what you were saying earlier. You were saying that they're like, why is this person even invest so invested in me? Yes. Like, what, in me? Yes. Like, me? Yeah. And it's kind of similar to what I was just saying, you know, people get caught in this idea that, you know, you get so caught in the mundane reality of your life that you forget there's so much beyond you and there's so much within you that is beyond you. There's purpose yeah. in you, right? There's, there's a reason for your existence. You were, you were born for this moment in time like you were born for this moment and and even though there's been obstacles and, and difficulty and you fumbled or you failed it does not take away your purpose we were all created to be a blessing to our community to our people you know we're placed in a specific place like we we can do things to bring impact and to bring beauty to our community you know and it's just it's really important it's part of our needs like we need that purpose we need to know it you know, and to walk in it. And if we've given up on it, we're just kind of walking in circles. We don't know what we're doing, you know. But it, so, like, when you love people to life and you begin to encourage that and speak that to them, they begin to actually believe it and see it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I love to do that. I mean, I think it's, 
it's, it's such a worthy thing because if you succeed, I succeed. Yeah. If and you're healthy, I'm healthy. Like, if you hurt, I feel it. You know? If you're not doing good, then, then I'm not doing good because we're community. We're a part of each other. Even though you may live here and I live over there, the greater health of our community, you know, all of us are involved in that. And I think that energy really does feed off of itself. Yes. Like, if it's kind of why when you enter those situations and you lead with love in the way that you do, mm -hmm. it creates such a response. Yeah. I think that people respond to that type of thing because it's innate within us. So we want people to show us love and that yep. opens us up it's almost a, it's almost you could look at it as a maternal type of instinct like a, a mother yes. looks at their son and their son can do anything wrong but you will always see that potential in your Good. child yes. in a way that you wouldn't see in anybody else and I think we should carry that type of energy towards other people we yes. should look at other people that way because it's not as simple as you know like you were saying nobody grows up to hold these types of views or be in that type of position. I also think now more than ever, like I was saying, you see a lot of division in yes. the world and that's just the wrong approach. Like you could say whatever you want about anybody else, but if you're approaching it from a hateful position, you're just not going to make any progress, especially with that person. I mean, that person, if you truly do not like their approach, you have to approach them in an understanding way and think, okay, well, how do you get there? Right. And that's how you're going to get anywhere with them. And, you know, that's a very essential, I mean, that's how debates even work. You can't just bark at the other person. Right. You have to kind of figure out, okay, what's the internal reasoning here? Like, how did you get to the point you're at? And now that I understand that, now I understand you a little better, I see your true heart a little better and bang, bang. I also wanted to go back to that too because yeah. I don't think we've mentioned it here just yet no nope. but true heart project I yeah. imagine that all stemmed from this was was this concept before true heart or did it all kind of blossom into that with uh, the whole idea of someone's true heart being them true their true self so I mean it's it's basically what I do in everything I'm always fighting for people's true heart no matter what, you know, and being a voice for those who are voiceless, for those who are misunderstood, and really highlighting them. And so I had stopped this program. I had stopped. Um, it was just time for me to go, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, P.S. Like, it was excruciating. But I needed to do it. I felt it. I knew it. And so I had taken some time of rest, and then I just had that itch, you know, because it's like everything I do, it, that's what flows out of it. And so I'm like, what can I do that will help, you know, to help people to see each other through the perspective of love, you know, help them to look again. And in this time frame, uh, that program was in Holly. But after that, I fell in love with Flint. Mm. I am head over heels in love with Flint. Why? Because of the people. I see their true... <laughs> <laughs> I see their true heart, right? We need like, a true heart counter I'm on the bottom of the screen. I'm telling you, like, how many times we say it. But, um... <laughs> you're gonna do it. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I really should. Anyway, so... I see their beauty. I see the potential in the people here. Like, I have seen the city in different... Uh, different states 
And for me, before, Flint was like a ghost town. Mm, and what, how long ago was that? You'd say like 10 oh, years God. ago? Yeah, probably like 10, 10, 12 years ago. You just drive through. 2012. Through and it, yeah, there's like nothing here. Like there's nothing happening here. And I know that like auto companies like pulled out and like left the city like stunned. Like what do we do? It's all a still a fallout from like the 60s yeah. with the white flight and all that. Yeah. And so like what's happening now is I just see the people of Flint rising up. Mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way. Um, I think poverty creates creativity as well. You see a lot of authentic, creative people in this type of environment. I'm and they're open-minded in a way that people in a city aren't going to be. I right? think you get, you get a lot more, you know, when you have to struggle, you develop a lot more of like an attitude yeah. and a resilience that yes. you just don't get if you're not in that situation. To me, you. that's really a big part of why I think a lot of the people around here are so bold in their creative decisions. They are bold. They are strong. There's that, you know, there's that term that's like, you know, in the Bible, set my face as hard as flint. Ooh. You know? Is and that real? So, yeah, it's real. I I'll, like that. I'll get you the reference. Throw that on a but, shirt word so like it's just like such a strong such a strength to this community and I, I do need to say that I used to teach uh, boxing and kickboxing classes um, I trained in boxing kickboxing and jiu-jitsu one of the other crazy things I've done um, but um, anyways do you need me to stop oh you're good okay I'm just pushing the camera buttons <laughs> <laughs> that's why I warned you before right right so anyways I used to teach kickboxing classes and so like I had built a lot of relationship with people in the city and uh, built like a a connection and a community within the community Um, so I got to see a little bit more personally them and know their heart but like as far as the community itself seeing it go from this difficult space and then all of a sudden I'm seeing this entrepreneurial boom happen all these small businesses just popping up. Tea's Plentiful Salad, Paints, Chalices, and Hues. You got skincare. You got um, lotion. You got restaurants. You got all of these things. You got Good Boy. Um, and you got all of these businesses just popping up, just rising. And it's just like Flint is rising. Now there's a coffee culture. There's a theater culture. There's, mm. there's an arts culture. Now there's a... Um, you know, the, the murals, you know, the, the creative culture here is just banging. There's a music, you know. There's, there's crazy graffiti around here. And I'm telling you, like, I, don't get me started on that. I love the element of graffiti and I love writers. It blows my mind. the writers out there. Well, graffiti is um, like, it, it, sometimes I see that and I just think like, man, like, pick up a paintbrush. But no. that's their thing. That The graffiti is their thing. It's an element. It's yeah. a voice. Yeah, it's, it's an art form. It's, it's, it's an expression of the heart. Mm-hmm. It is them. They're literally expressing themselves. In the, on, in the way that is most genuine to them. On the wall, on the train, on a billboard. They're putting it out there. And it's not just for the sake of, you know, just ruining something. It's, yeah. it's literally their expression. And I encourage anybody to really... Um, you know, for those of you out there who judge that culture, um, don't judge what you don't know, because these people are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're incredible people. There are people who are writers in, in in the graffiti culture who are like, you know, filmmakers, and I mean, 
it's just it's it's amazing what people are like you judge it just like hip-hop right you think hip-hop is a certain thing but you don't know that some of the dopest breakers out there are doctors <laughs> you know like well you don't even know what you're saying right now like yeah again and again with true heart project ding um you know it's like i challenge people to look again at their community to look again at the culture to look again at you know the people around you you know what do you think you see and what is actually in front of you you know so is your computer okay Oh yeah, okay. everything's all set over here. Sweet, just want to make sure. Thanks for thanks for letting me know though. Yeah. And then when it comes to um, the different art forms too, I yeah. think that an interesting thing. What would you say about poetry? Do you say poetry as well? You see a lot of poetry around here. MC. Oh, there is poetry. There's a poetry scene. Yeah. Um, but you know, rap artists say they're poets. They are. They're MCs. Yeah. Right. There's the elements of hip hop. Okay. There's there's the five elements of hip hop. Mm -hmm. And one of the elements is the poetry of hip hop is emceeing, which okay. is rapping, right? The art of hip hop is graffiti writing. The music of hip hop is DJing, right? And then the dance of hip hop is b-boying and b-girling, which is what I do. And then the fifth element is knowledge. Mm. And knowledge, you. How, how is knowledge incorporated into hip-hop, Understanding say? the culture, understanding the roots, understanding where it came from, respecting the culture, you know, learning about it, learning the truth, learning about the, the OGs, the people who came before us who established this, mm -hmm. respecting them. I think there's you know, a lot understanding of... Understanding that and learning. And so for me, like, you know, again, I don't have an agenda in this culture because I, you know this is something that's so beautiful that I get to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So for me, I want to respect deeply the people who are in it and to understand it and to love and to appreciate those who came before me and learn from them, you know? Well, it's a dynamic thing, too. Like, if you want to... worldwide, baby. What'd you say? It's worldwide. It is. Amazing. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, there are different aspects of hip-hop that you could even dive into mm -hmm. like hip-hop such a broad it's kind of almost painting it with a broad brush like there's so many internal things it's kind of like saying rock music like you rock yeah. music is rock music but there's so many different kinds of rock music yes. so i mean when i think of hip-hop i think like of of rap i think of like people using words in a way that can portray something that other genres just cannot do. Right. You're able to, you're able to take that format and then express yourself in this way. Whereas, you know, rock, pop music is very, very much about the melodies mm -hmm. and all of this, and the, it's less of a focus on songwriting. As a songwriter, hip hop just screams to me in that way. I see so much there. Um, I think there's also though a lot of this newer generation of hip-hop yep. that is not at all about that. It's a lot more stylistic in the same way that that rock music kind of went, where you start to see, like, different types of rock coming around. It's like, right. okay, now we got trap rap. Now we got lo-fi rap. Now we got mumble rap. Yeah. And you almost, like, as a hip-hop artist, it's like what you're saying, you can't even... You can't hate on these things. No. Like you can't disrespect them because they are an element of the art form that you're a part of. Yes. You almost have to embrace it. 
Yeah, it's it, it can be really hard, like for some people to embrace what's different because it's new. It's not it's, what you I recognize. It's as new. It's so outside of the box. Um, and especially those who are close to the roots of the culture, who mm-hmm. know the roots, like I just described the elements, you know, and, and those are viewed um, by many as, you know, the roots of this culture. And so when it's seen as like really far from the roots, like really out there, it's, you know, and people don't understand the roots of the culture mm-hmm. or where it comes from. And sometimes that could be ammunition for people to not respect what's new but you know we really got to be careful about that because you know we everything was new once you know everything was new once breaking was you know it was never a thing and then it, it was a thing mm-hmm. you know and and it came from the streets and it came from people kids just trying it out you know it came from poverty. It came from lack. It came from injustice, social injustice as an expression, you know. Same thing with hip-hop, yep. in a way. I mean, That's what I'm saying. That's what hip-hop came from. Mm-hmm. That's what it was birthed out of that in the Bronx, you know, in New York. In uh, the late 60s and early 70s, like, this is where it comes from, you know. And from there, now here we are with all of these new expressions, you know, within hip-hop. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I think hip-hop yeah. gives you a lot of insight into these communities that you wouldn't get otherwise. Like a lot of the people in hip-hop didn't have the best upbringings or oh, the, no. the most uh, uh, coddled environments. They, they were struggling on the way up, and that's what gives them these unique perspectives and this unique way of approaching the art form that other people just don't have. I think, um, and that's kind of what I was getting at with the Flint thing, too. Yeah. You see a lot of creativity in yes. this type of environment. Like there's, there's so many people I've interviewed or rappers that I've, I've approached that just, you, I was saying in the last podcast I did with a rapper named Allie, it's almost as if like you would think intuitively, like instinctually you think there's a few people that must be super talented and then the yeah. rest are just like mediocre because you know that's just how you'd think it would go. But no, it's like the opposite. There's a ton of people that are super talented and some people that are mediocre. It's just yeah. that nobody knows how to work social media. <laughs> That's really what it is. Seriously. Because so many people are, it's what you're saying, there's a world within these people. Yes. And I think that, you know, you have to have the right environment to pull it out. I think it's tough when it comes to the division that you'll see because I'd say there's, I'm on both sides because for one, it's almost a motivator. Like, mm-hmm. if you see that people are negatively responding to what you're doing, right. it's like, they don't understand what I'm doing. I just have to keep doing it. Like, the fact that you're generating a response shows that you're affecting them in some type of way. And that's good. Like, it means, like, if everybody's looking at my rap and they're like, yo, yo, this is so different. This ain't anything like what I like. Mm-hmm. That's because it's unique. They just don't understand it yet. Right. And that's fine. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, if everybody just embraced this type of thing, if everybody just went, oh, yo, I love that you're being creative, blah, 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 it would pull a lot more of that creative energy out of not just me, mm-hmm. but the atmosphere itself. Oh, people sure. would see, oh, this is how people respond to this type of thing. That inspires me to try this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, my stage approach has always been similar to that, too. You get on stage and you want to lead... A, a, Similar to your approach in life, you lead with love is mm-hmm. how I look at it. And if you're leading with love, 
generally speaking, in, in your art, in the way that you write, in the way that you take photos, in the way that you paint, in the way that you, you know, write a poem or write a story, it all speaks for itself. And I think that people will see that genuine energy and they feed off of it. Whereas if you lead with negativity, mm -hmm. it's the opposite of that. They see that negative energy and they feed off right. of it. And it just kind of makes everybody more introverted and like we all curl up a little bit more and that's not what we want. No. But again, is this a human thing? Is it a human thing for people to be negative and look at things critically? Or is it kind of just the, the tides and where we're at right now and you kind of have to shift them back in a more positive direction? And I think like that's one of the things I'm fighting for too. You know, the true heart of humanity, we're really meant to connect with each other. I agree. We're really meant to embrace each other. We're meant to be community. <laughs> because otherwise, what are we? We're hermits. we're hermits inside right? of a shell. And currently, like, that's where we're going right now. And I just want to encourage everybody, like, you know, and just challenge you not to succumb to that. Like, you really need to reach out and be a part of your community. Um, because I always say, like, it's like a tree, okay? So we're, we're in a community. We're a part of this tree. So if a branch is cut off from the tree, it's not going to flourish by itself, right? Mm. It, it's not going to flourish. It's not going to thrive, I heard a great... It's not going to thrive. We need each other, and you need to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. You need to be a part of community. And if you cut yourself off and you throw yourself down, you're going to be there. You're going to be okay for a second. But you're going to wither away. But you're going to wither, baby. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to wither right out. There's a... Right uh, Steve-O. Steve-O had a crazy recovery process. I don't know if you are familiar with his past few years, but he's totally sober now. And it's just totally interesting watching him speak on these things because he's turned his life around pretty much 100%. And, you know, he's got that true heart shine, yes. you know? And, and you look at somebody like him, and I heard him say a quote where it's like, he looked at the way he was living his life, and it's like, you can't leave a fruit in the fridge forever, right. even a fruit in the fridge. It's going to go bad. Like, you have to yes. keep these things in, in the flow of everything you can't just put something away and leave it there and expect it to be fine right that's just not how we are as people we need that genuine human interaction on a regular basis yes we need like, human it's easier contact. yeah we need touch mm-hmm we need touch I saw yeah. my I'm a, I'm a hugger and and yes. these last two years they kill me because I, I don't think I can just randomly hug people no more but I might try <laughs> I, I've literally been the first hug for so many people um, coming out of COVID or coming out of isolation. And, you know, and it's just like there's just so many people like you just reach out to reach out and touch them. And they're like looking at you like, thank you. You know, like and I'm like, what? They have they nobody touches them. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're weakening ourselves. You know, community, there's a unity there. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in unity. There's strength in being together. And so when we're divided and isolated, you know, we're weakening ourselves and our community for that matter. And I'm just going to say this too. Another reason why we divide off from each other is because we're in the survival mindset where we feel like we got to protect each other against each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, we hide ourselves. We reserve ourselves. We put a wall between us and others because we're trying to survive but it ain't, it's not it's not surviving no in isolation you will again you're gonna wither you know no matter who's out there no matter who betrays you you know <sighs> you still need to get out there and be a builder like I'm a bridge builder right I'm building these bridges 
you know, to the people who are isolated, because I want them to know, like, there are people out there who have your best, your true heart in mind, you know, who can see you for who you are, you know. Chris McCandless is a guy who he went through this whole process where he was always a, he looked at it as like transcendentalism, where he wanted to get away from society, he thought the whole way that society worked was all wrong, which a lot of people do feel that way. Yeah. But he went all out. He, you know, he was getting rid of his money, he was traveling all over the place, and it all ended up with him going to Alaska. And the story's sad. He got to Alaska, he was surviving there for a little while, and then he got stuck because a stream had, like, when he got there, the stream was slow and he was able to walk past it and then it got the current over winter got super strong he couldn't go back and so he was stuck out there in alaska and what had come of that was he passes away in alaska and people find his body and the last thing he wrote the last note he wrote for anybody was happiness isn't real unless shared and yes. i think that that's such a profound statement yes. because you can think like, it's not at all untrue that if you're by yourself, you won't have the outside interference of other people. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of experiences I can think of where it has benefited me to be by myself. If I'm editing, if I'm, because of the way my brain is, I know. Also, if I'm writing a song, I don't want you to tell me what to say. Right. This has to be all me, and it has to be unfiltered me. This is what it is. I can't have somebody helping me with this, because then I didn't do it. Where, you know, those things, it is good to be by yourself, but that's only good to a point. Like, you can't just shut everybody out and expect everything to be okay because there's also the fact that there are certain things you just can't see by yourself. Your okay. brain falls into certain patterns. You just are who you are. And I think by exposing yourself to other people, too, you start to see things in a new light that you wouldn't see otherwise and that that is an invaluable thing yes. it really is it's beyond your understanding because it's literally beyond your understanding right you aren't capable of imagining what someone else might have to offer seriously and i think that that is reason enough alone to it's just hard for people to take that step yes. you know if, if you especially when society indicates that you shouldn't and you get so used to that situation right it becomes very hard to break out of that it really does mm -hmm. it really does and there's almost this culture now and i'm just seeing it's you know it's something that i was super alarmed about when all of this stuff started happening with covid like i saw it but now i'm seeing it you're seeing the results now i'm actually really what it seeing is. it come to fruition i'm seeing even more social awkwardness yeah. i'm I'm seeing the hesitancy. I'm seeing fear. So much fear. What is fear? False evidence appearing real. You know, there's just so much fear. And it's... Wow, that was a good... I was, I was spacing out those words in my brain. That's, that's an acronym right there. That's beautiful. False evidence appearing real. And it is, you know, and it's just like... Um, it's just like we're, we're looking around like this. And it's just like we're forsaking who we are as human beings. We are strong, empowered human beings. Mm -hmm. We have strength, we have brilliance, we have beauty in us. We can overcome anything when we're together. You when know? we're together. When we're together. Divide us up, then, you know, isolation. You get freaked out by everything. You know, just one small little thing, you know, you're freaking out. And it's just like, we are meant to be together and I just, 
it irritates me because we're powerful human beings, 100%. It's similar to an immune system. You know, with you, if you leave your immune system to rot for a couple of years, it's not going to come back in the same way it was a couple of years ago. Like, it's a consistent thing. Yeah. And I think people, it's like wishful thinking. You're like, okay, well, I can just do this for a little bit and then we'll all go back to normal. But then you try to go back to normal and it's like assimilating is not as easy as you thought it would. There's yeah. so many like little facets and... This is the beautiful thing about being human, is that you are so much more complicated than even you understand. Yep. But within that, these things occur, where people, they might think in their mind, oh, I'm fine, I'm good. But like you said, it's even that social awkwardness that you see now. It's, it's not something that was present a few years ago. No. And I just worry about it continuing to head in that direction. Yeah. we're already going the wrong way. And if we keep going that way, people are going to shut themselves out more and more and more. And like you said, we're stronger together. Yes. Like the only way we're going to progress is to work together and come to some kind of, you know, general consensus through love, yeah. not through hate. We cannot look at each other in these, through these hateful lenses. But that comes from isolation as well. It's an unrealistic way to look at life when you think, you know, these people are just completely terrible people because of these beliefs that they hold that is you can think that way but that is only good from an isolationist perspective if you have five people that all think that way that's great you can all talk about that between the five of you <laughs> but those people that you hate aren't going to talk to you like right. you're not going to be able to come at them and, and the other thing is there's people are so much more complicated than single issues you know there's mm. so much to a person i heard a great thing where it's like if you just ask any person, hey, tell me your whole life story, and they told you their whole life story, mm -hmm. every single person, you would, it would almost be overwhelming just how much each person has to offer. Like, we're all so full of things, and so to boil someone down to such a simple thing is, is really a disservice, too, because yes. I think that we need to seek out that humanity within each other in order to move forward. Like, we're so much bigger than any single idea and that is how we connect. We connect through that humanity that we all share. And we're so much bigger than just a label, mm -hmm. you know, or what we may believe on one certain issue. Um, there's so much more to us than, than just that one dimension. We're, we're gems, you know. There's, yeah. mul there's many cuts. There's many dimensions. You know, the light hits it. It shines through a different way. You know, there's just, there's so much to us. And, and so to judge and to label somebody based on one um, one uh, opinion or one mistake is one of the most detrimental things that we can do, you know, in general for society. It's just... Even on a personal level, it's, it's not valuable. It's so bad. It's so bad. We need to stop. But I feel like this, you know, when the pendulum swings, right, we go from one extreme, then we go to the other, and it's just like we see the, okay, we're here, we see the emptiness of it, and then we come up here on the other side, and it's like we see the empty of, emptiness of that, and gradually we become a little bit more balanced. We just have to see the emptiness of both. Yes. Yeah. And I think that even though there's a certain amount of people who are shouting in the media and things like that, there's a certain amount of people who are screaming, you know, a certain side, you know, um, that we're going to see soon. Well, there is a vested you know? interest in keeping people divided, and that's yeah. clear. I mean, that's the, that's the unfortunate part. Well, it's to break our power. 
Exactly. It's just to break our power. Exactly. And we have to just learn to rise above that and to actually see it for what it is. And lead with love. And I'm lead telling with you, love. that is so important. True heart. It's the true heart of ourselves. Our true heart is not to be angry and to isolate and say, I don't want a, a part of this. I ain't talking to nobody anymore. I'm not mm -hmm. doing this. That is not As our tempting heart. as it might sound. <laughs> I always say that, like, I don't know if I said this to you last time with 60 seconds. Shout out to 60 seconds. Uh, um... But, like, everybody has these four basic needs. The need to feel loved, the need to feel appreciated, the need to be safe, and the need to know their purpose, okay? But it's not just those needs to receive it, but it's also to give it, to be that safe place for others, to um, appreciate and, and love people well, um, to help see others' purpose, you know, and affirm their purpose, to respect them, to, you know, all of those things. And if I put a one, one circle around all of it and I just put one word, it's to belong. We were created to belong, mm -hmm. you know, and to truly be together in, as a family, you know, as a community, as a culture, as a whatever you want to say, you know. And I think that you know, I was saying that's you, where we thrive. That's yeah. where we that's where we we live and we thrive. Like we're just like, yes. Well that's what I was gonna say. When all of those elements are there. It's just earlier beautiful. when I was talking about the interviews, mm -hmm. I, I always saw this happen where it's I just approach people like they're my family. Like yes. that's what I do. I approach 100. them. I don't even think of it like like, it, it's funny for me because sometimes I'll think, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a stranger to this person. But that's not how I go into the situation right. ever. Like, I just walk into I'm like, hey, what's <laughs> up? Like, I'm just treating them yep. like we've already met. Yep. Because to them, like, they feel at home when you do that. Most people. Yes. Like, you're going to find that 90% of people, even the people you'd think would be kind of, like, turned off by that, a lot of the time they, they appreciate that you're approaching them in a genuine mm -hmm. way. And that helps them open up. Yep. I mean, That's it. it's it's a and it's also showing genuine interest in what they have to say and being like like legitimately, like you said, not having an agenda, and just wanting to share that humanity yes. with them. Because uh, you can sense it in the air when someone has some kind of agenda, like they're asking you questions because they want to know something. You feel it. Yeah, like, like why are it. why are they so interested in this right now? Like, why is it? Why are they looking at me like that? Right. Why? Like, it's just all these things. You feel it intuitively. It's not even like it's happening on the surface. Well, because that's how you learned how to survive growing up. Because mm -hmm. you had to learn through a hard life that ooh, that's what that is. That's and a, you, you get know, away you get from beat it. up from that. So now you have learned how to scan everything. <laughs> But you what, can't do that from an, if you're isolated, too. That's the other thing. Right. You forget those cues. That's a survival mechanism, mm -hmm. right? But, again, when you're a safe place, you know, they, people can also pick that up. Right? Yeah. And so it's one of the great things. I just love it. I, I mean, I just love being that for people. Well, that's you why know, I enjoy one-on-one -on -one interaction. Right. Uh, I think it's harder the more and more people you introduce to mm -hmm. carry your energy throughout the group. You know, you'll start to see, it, 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 that's really the it's catch hard. for me, is like if you get 10 people in a room, it's a lot harder for me to lead now, which, you know, I'm, I could, it's like I, for me growing up, I was never a big fan of parties because I could be the life of a party, but I ain't trying to interfere with what you guys are doing. <laughs> like you guys yeah. seem like you're having a good time. I'm not going to like get in your face and like, right. be like ah, let's go. But 
that's just because the energy of a group is so much different than a one-on-one -on -one interaction. Like, when it's just me and you, we can carry this type of thing, whereas the more and more you add, the more and more variables you get. And mm -hmm. I think that on a massive scale is where you just start to see chaos. True, but you can also be, like, if you are somebody who establishes an atmosphere, you know, like, I, I really try to establish an atmosphere of love. No Me too. where I'm at. And so, like, I had, with Fuel for Teens, you know, we'd get, we'd get between 100 and 200 students every Friday night. And they felt it. They felt the love. They felt the safety. They felt the respect. They felt the purpose. They felt all of that. It was like a little hub, you know. And so I established an atmosphere of love. And they just came in it, and they enjoyed themselves, and they had their own moments, but they felt the atmosphere of love but I think you know like we can't lead everything you know we can't lead everything but no. I think if we serve with love mm. lead with love okay but serve with love well you're serving you're just loving you're coming up under you're lifting you know empowering congratulating cheering on like let's go in a collaborative way tops, you know like it's serving it's just being love everywhere you are and, it, and it's just like now love's on the scene, you know, you step into the room, you mm -hmm. know, and each of us have a different vibe, right? So like, you know, love might be my thing, it might be your thing, but somebody else, it might just be like, you're the best hype man out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, like there's just like... To me, that's love. There's different expressions of hip hop, there's different expressions of love. I agree. That we have to give, you know, so it's the same way. It may look different to some of us. You know, mm -hmm. um, but it's still love. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can just learn to recognize it, have eyes to see, ears to hear. You know, I mean, that's why I think that's why you think you see such disconnect a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Is I think people don't realize they're not like they're leading with hate rather than love. And it's it's mm -hmm. not leading with love isn't like oh I love you saying that constantly. No. It's it's like that like I was saying that maternal thing. Yeah, where it's I'm seeking to see something in you that is greater than whatever you are right now. Like, I'm not concerned with, I'm aware that this is just a snapshot in time. Mm -hmm. This is not representative of who you are definitively, because right. it never is. And I think that coming in with that type of approach, that is love, yes. that is understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be something where it's like, you know, oh my God, I love you, let me give you <laughs> hugs and kisses. Like That's right. not what love is to me, right. love is a broader thing it's 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 within you and it's a, just a genuine seeking of something deeper i yeah. suppose it's also um you know this is the deep the deep shit now but like it's synchronizing with people's heart and where they're at so sometimes it's yeah you see this in them but you can't even say it yet because you know what i mean you're just loving from that place and you're being love and you're showing them that you care about where they're at and where their heart's at, you know, like right now. So right now this person's struggling, grieving, and confused. So if you go in and be like, man, I see you, I see who you are. And sometimes that doesn't work, although it's good. Sometimes what works best is just sitting with them mm. and just being like, I feel you and I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, love is synchronizing with the heart and being where the heart is in the moment. Mm. We can't stay there, you know, but we can be with them for a minute to show them that we really care. Those are the sick, I call that the holy place. 
Interesting. You know, the holy place. And just, but again, that's a deeper thing. Well, and to that person, that holds probably an immeasurable value. Yes. Yep. Because you you don't realize, uh, the, the real thing about these interactions and this approach mm -hmm. that I think makes it so effective is it's like there's a butterfly effect that happens. It's not just that initial reaction that matters. It's the, the how our actions blossom over mm -hmm. time into other actions from other people too. Like if you constantly approach situations in that way or if you do synchronize with that person yeah. and you hear them out, you might have been the only person to ever do that. Exactly. And to them, exactly. that is such a release. And they can carry that forward through so many different things. And you don't realize that in that moment when you're just listening to them. There's no way you could even be capable of knowing that's going to happen. Yep. But you don't have to know. It's just you know that you're doing the right thing. And you know that this means something to them. Yes. And you just never underestimate the power of loving somebody in a genuine way and just being real and, and, and just being in that moment with them, you know? And if we do constantly hold this power, then we always constantly hold that responsibility. Absolutely. Shout out Spider-Man. Hey, <laughs> for real though, like it's a great responsibility. It is. Huge responsibility and um, one that shouldn't be taken lightly. Like I said, this is, this is people's hearts. This is their sacred place. So, you know, you want to be very careful you know, and if you understand what it's like to be wounded and to be hurt and to be abused, you understand. Like, mm -hmm. you can't be like that with somebody. You have to be true. Because it's you hard to open to up. Be, you have to be a true heart. Yes. You know, you have to honor your own true heart. Ding. Ding. You have to, like, you have to walk in a way that's genuine and you need to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And so, like, these kids that I loved on, that I've given my life to... And I'll still give my life to until I die. You know, they're, they're going to see me 20 years from now, and I'm going to act the same way when I see them. I'm going to be the same way I was back then. And, and a lot of them, they'll come to me with hesitancy, like, Shawnee, do you remember me? And I'm like, come here. Oh, my God. I love you so much. Where you been? How you been? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Like, it's just like, it's that continual love. And, like, it's just not changing. It's being who you are. And that takes a lot of work. Well, you have to know yourself. It takes a lot of work because you got to work on your... Yes. You got to work on your shit. You got to work on your heart. You got to, you know, clean out. You got to take inventory and you need to cultivate and nurture your own heart because when you love people and you become a safe place for them, a lot of times um, they're going to take out their crap on you. Mm. And how are you going to respond to them? when they're lashing out at you in pain. I see, and if you know, you're not in the best state yourself, if you're not entirely you know, stable in your position, it could be very easy to wobble, it could be very easy to falter and, oh, yeah. and, re and re respond, because you're just, you know, you're, it's... Or react. It's the energy, it's the energy that's in the air, react. So you yes. react, so you react in anger, or you lash back out at them, and then what does that show them about you? Mm -hmm. That your love wasn't true. Yeah. Yeah. And you see a lot of that with parent-kid relationships. Oh, you see so a hard. whole lot of that. It's, I mean, yeah, it's I, work. I think that uh, a big thing that Worth you can look at with most people is, you know, you look at the way that they look at things, and you can't just ask somebody, but most of the time it's stemming from 
okay, how did your parents treat you? Yep. What was your home life like? Yep. What were your friends like growing up? Because you form so many concepts at a young age. Yep. Uh, it kills me to see people, uh, I mean, not knowing the value of those early years with their children. Sacred. It's sacred. And it, and it means so much for later on in their life. Yep. Every single thing you do matters that much because yes. that's everything to them. That's that, your foundational years. Yes. So your foundational years. So like if you're building a house, right, you got to have a solid foundation. So if you're building the house and you're building, a, if, you, if you have a crappy foundation, okay, zero to six is your foundation. If you're like, if your foundation is cracked and broken and, and poorly built and then you build a house on top of that, and then the struggles and the winds and the storms come. And what happens to your house? It ain't holding up. It's mm -hmm. crumbling. And so that's what we have. We have all kinds of people who have a broken foundation in need of repair. And their house is crumbling, you know. And people don't understand that. And I really work hard to teach anybody who would listen to me about it. Because... I learned that and I had to do a lot of healing work on my own heart because my foundation was so broken, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, that's what I'm doing. I'm building bridges, I'm building foundation, I'm building people up in the places where they weren't built before, where they weren't loved before, you know? But truthfully, um, the parents, I mean, that's just like so important to be good builders. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a deep. This is all deep stuff. <laughs> Listen <laughs> to how intelligent and deep we are, guys. <laughs> it's a, it's emotional intelligence, and I'm just so. We're grateful. actually philosophers, you and I. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, but I'm really glad like this kind of knowledge is coming to the forefront. Yes. You know, the, I think it's a, it's an important time for this about. to happen. It's very important yep. that people. That's why I highlight the state of the times because yep. I think it's really really important that people have these conversations and we look at why it is we think the way we do like what you just said about taking stock of yourself mm -hmm. that's kind of why i went back to that whole like you got to look at everything that leads to you mm -hmm. like it's not just because you can do that with other people you also got to do it with yourself especially yep. if you're finding yourself in these types of conflicts where you have to have a solid ground a solid foundation you have to know okay well yeah. i see that i'm looking at it this way it's not easy to be objective when looking at yourself it's not easy to be um, self-reflective in such a way because we're all so used to ourselves. It's yep. very, very hard to take a step back and go like, okay, most people wouldn't approach this this way. This is a me thing. It, that's not easy because you're you. Yep. And that, I think, is where you see a lot of those hang-ups too. Mm -hmm. You'll see a lot of people who have a lot of trouble acknowledging who they are. It's very, very hard. To be self-aware. To be self-aware, and it's hard to face that, okay, because, oh, man, this is some deep shit. I know. But I didn't expect us to have such I, a deep conversation. I didn't either, but it's <laughs> needed, right? It's so funny because like, before we were talking, before we turned the cameras on, we were just talking about, like, oh, look at these pictures. That's cool. you know. <laughs> but, like, what happens is we, you know, that again, we talk about our true heart, um, and, but our true heart is to belong. Yes. Okay. So what keeps us from belonging if we believe if there's something wrong with us? Yeah, doubt. 
you know, there's some kind of, there's something that's wrong about us. Like we did something wrong. What happens to kids when their parents divorce? They blame themselves. There's something wrong with me. But we, be, we, build, we build behavior patterns out of trying to protect ourselves and trying to show our best selves. And so we deny a lot of things. We deny, you know, the things that we have believed about ourselves. Yeah. You know? And so facing that is scary. Facing our true emotions and, and what is you know, the depth of our pain is a scary thing. So we build um, little protection mechanisms to avoid it. You know, um, prideful, pride. I always say pride is the doorkeeper to shame. Mm. So pride protects shame. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to bounce off this behavior. You know, somebody's coming at me and saying, you know, hey, there's a little behavior pattern that you have that's going on. You're just like pride, boom, nope, denial. It's not happening. You know, I deny that. I deny that behavior. I deny that this happened. My childhood was great. Mm. And we deny the reality of our pain because it's scary. And it's circular reasoning. And you're never going to get out of that. it. Yeah. There's shame attached to it. So once we realize that we are not what happened to us and that we understand that a lot of times those things happened, that we actually believed lies about ourselves, that it's not the truth, it's actually lies that we believed, you know, because we're reasoning with a mind of a child um, <laughs> we don't understand things you know but once we go back and just love ourselves to life and uh, heal just go on a healing journey you know we'll, we'll get a little bit braver we'll get a little stronger it's painful but it's worth it I've done it I'm doing it it's a lifelong thing now you mm -hmm. know just identifying it oh there's something happening right now in my life like I'm exhibiting this kind of behavior. Like, what's happening? That's not right. That's not in line with who I am. What's up with that? Where did that come from? What am I thinking about myself right now? When did that begin? You know, and I trace it. And I go back to it. And I'm like, wow, this comes from way back in the day. And, like, I need to forgive somebody for what they did to me. I need to forgive myself. I need to reject this lie that I'm believing about myself you know, and embrace the truth, and then I can begin to live. But a lot of that is under the hood. A lot of that is Ooh, way down there. Deep work. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, I just encourage everybody to, um, you know, to just be aware and with love, not with hate or condemnation or whatever, but to love themselves. And if you can't, like, if you're struggling in this area, like, find somebody who can walk with you in the journey because it's critical for us to live our lives to the full, you know, and to live out who we are, you know, our true hearts and, but some will be scared still to do that, but <laughs> I am telling you it's worth it. It is worth it. I and think it, it, it's worth it because if you want to approach situations in a truly understanding and for lack of a better word, objective way. Yeah. We all look at things subjectively, and that's inescapable. But if you want to at least get as close to objective as you can, you've got to break out of those patterns of your mind. Um, yep. It's very hard to respond to negative emotions or negative criticisms of you mm -hmm. or anything like that in a way that is understanding yeah. of another side because you have to seek to do it you have to want to do it and you have to be able to look at yourself and go okay well what i'm feeling right now is irrelevant like if i feel any sense of like anger or frustration about what this person's saying 
that's irrelevant. Put that aside. That doesn't matter because that's not that's a me thing. That's not real. And you have to be able to approach it from that middle ground perspective. That is the reality. You are that. You are that middle ground. So if someone's saying, oh, my gosh, you know, even if it's just something you don't like, like say they said something terrible about your friend. So you go to that person and you're the middle ground. You can't just be like, oh, yo, you know, my friend's cool. Screw you. Mm. You got to be like, you know, well, why do you feel that way? And then talk to that person, you know, play the middle. And that's the best possible approach you can have. You don't have to not be friends with this person anymore. You don't have to shut them out of your life. I mean, it blows my mind when I see things like that where people just, you know, you get in one argument with somebody and now you can't be friends like, all those past interactions don't matter. Yeah, that's, there, it, again, that's back to that multifaceted, that one note and just, like, canceling people. It's so wrong. Because like, there's so much more to people, yeah. yeah. there's so much there. Mm-hmm. And if we I, just take time to value them and to see that. I had know? a friend who I was friends with for a super-duper long time, and he moved out to New York, and things with him, it was a little bit more awkward before he moved, but not really. And when he, when he moved... Him and I, I think we're just not eye-to-eye when it comes to politics, which is fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. He's my friend. But he would post something. I would comment on it like, uh, I don't know. And then it got to the point where he was starting to be kind of mean to me. And it was more, I think, because he wasn't around anymore. He mm-hmm. was in New York, so he didn't feel like there was any sense of, like, he doesn't have to be nice to me. He's not going to see me. And I, I messaged him and I said, like, hey, man, I would never talk to you the way you're talking to me. Like, I don't even understand where this, like, I get, from. yeah, I yeah. get that we're different, but this is just kind of a bit much. And I was, I, it was hard to send that message because I was trying to think, like, how do I phrase this in a way that, because I'm not, I don't feel hatred towards that type of situation. If, if anything, right. it just is disappointing. It's sad. It's like we were friends and we were friends for so long. Mm-hmm. And it seems like to you, that's not as valuable as it is to me. And yeah. that is a very tough thing. And so I just wanted to approach him and just be straight up and just say it. Just say, look, man, I wouldn't tell you those things the way you're telling me. I don't understand where this comes from. And I remember his response was like, he was mean in response. Yes. He like started calling me names, a couple things like that. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? I thought maybe he just would have been like, oh, you know what? You're you're right, man. I got to cool down. That was not the response. He just kind of doubled down. And I don't blame him because I understand how you can, you're holding on to your beliefs so tightly that it's hard for you. And I'll still talk to him every now and then. Like we had this big kind of fallout, but I'm friends with some of his family. So every now and then we'll interact and it, it's like we just sweep the whole thing under the rug like we never even yeah. talked about those things. But I, I think that's just indicative of, to him, that wasn't that important. He just, like, he was so frustrated about whatever it was. And it's an internal thing for him, too. That's why I can't even put my own judgments on it. He might have been having a bad day, a right. bad week, a bad month. I don't know. Yeah. And so it's tough because when it's your friends, you don't want to have a conflict. You don't no. want that. And I, my approach was as diplomatic as it could be, and it still didn't work. But I didn't get mad. I didn't just message it back like, you know what? Screw you, man. <laughs> I didn't do that. Right. I didn't even want right. to. Well, you know, like I had the similar thing happen with, with some of my kids and even some of the people I grew up with. 
you know, people make judgments, you know, they become so passionate about a cause or a specific view, and it's something close to their heart or whatever, and then you disagree or whatever, but they judge me based on my faith, even though in the moment what I was responding to had nothing to do or nor mm. was there any mention of my faith. Yeah. And they destroyed me, called me mindless. Who? You know, and just like said all of these like terrible things to that's me. That's not a nice like, one. That's that's a particular insult. I was mindless. Like, Yo, like yeah. I would never speak to you like this. And further, for you to call me that, you are actually doing what you hate. You are becoming what you hate right now. Like, how dare you speak to me like that? And in my opinion, you I know? think approaching someone and saying something that honest is a brave thing to do. Because yeah. you, it's, I think it's a cowardly thing to do to approach it in an immature way. Yeah. But when you approach it in a mature way and you just yes. say, like, what you just said, I would never speak to you that way. Yeah. And for you to speak with me that way, you're turning on yourself. Exactly. Like, you're just telling them what it is. You're not speaking out of hate or out of frustration. You're telling them what you're seeing. Well, and, the, and it's, again, now, like, they've lost that love connection, right? So your friend left. He went. So there was a lack of that connection. For some reason, you know, that that signaled something, a separation, mm -hmm. right, in his heart toward you, but not your heart towards him. Yeah. Right? So there was a heart separation. Who knows why that was there? With my kids and with other people, there was a heart separation. You know, you're not taking into consideration my true heart or your true heart. You know, like, it's just, there's, there's a lack of love. Mm-hmm. If you don't see me through the eyes of love, then, then you're not, you're just going to automatically judge me. Now I just represent something to you. Yeah. You know, I represent what you hate somehow because of my faith or, you know, whatever it is, because of my political views, you know, so now therefore you hate me and everything I say is bad, you know, and it's just like, no, you've lost a love connection, you know, and something needs to be repaired, mm. you know, and if you, and, and you can't always do that. You can't always repair everything, you know, you can't always, all you can do is the best that you can do to the situation, right? So I can be with no regrets saying that I reached out to them, to that person and said, I love you. I would never talk to you this way. And I hope that you will never speak to me like that again. And I really love you and I'll continue to love you always. And, you know, and if they want that relationship, cool. But if not, okay, fine. I did everything I could do. I try to end every single conflict, too, with, like, a yep. have a nice day or a something positive. <laughs> like, they they're probably think I'm... some of that can sound really... I know. I know. Really sassy. And it's not. That's the part that kills me, is <laughs> I'm know, legitimately right? saying, have it, a great day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll you mean it. it, but they're like, why did he say that? What a jerk. They're like, this guy's really... Like, what a sarcastic right? douche. <laughs> that's what they're thinking. But that's not what I'm doing. Right? Like, right? I'm... I, I, the reason I do it, though, is because I'm trying to end the interaction on a positive note. I don't want, and the whole time, I'm not, I, I would never, right. if I'm arguing with somebody, I'm not going to call you names. I'm, even if you start calling me names, I'm not going to call you names. Right. I'm not going to go there because that's not who I am. But, yes, you're right. People take that the wrong way, Yeah, sure. and, 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 <laughs> and one of the things about, you know, loving and interacting with people is learning, learning what really sets people off yeah 
So if it sets people off, then, you know, maybe find, you know, if you know it might set them off, find a different <laughs> way to say have a nice day. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm not going to be like, well, it was a pleasure chatting with. Like, there's no, no good way to say it. Right? Like, it's like, I hope you have a great day. Yeah. Instead of have a nice day. Okay. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, I hope you have a great day. Like, yeah. have a, like, I hope. Or even, you like, know, you like, know, preface it with, like, you know, I'm sorry we had this negative interaction. I hope you have a great day. Yeah. That it's way. It's yeah. all love for me, homie. Like, there's no, like, love. there's no, uh, they might dis decipher a hidden meaning out of it. Because I am really not a sassy guy. I'm not a sarcastic <laughs> guy. I'm, I'm too, I'm literal to a fault. Like, I will just be you're that not, nice. You're not sarcastic? Oh, uh, yeah, I am. Okay, yeah, because I kind of picked up a little sarcastic. A little not, bit. Just a little bit. But, but, but not, I like it. I like the sarcasm. To a point, but it, I'm not talking about <laughs> general sarcasm. But well, because some people are sarcastic to the point where they're not being genuine. Right. A lot of people are sarcastic to the point where I don't even know what you're thinking now. Or sarcasm becomes a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know. And I find it so, to be no. actually detrimental to progress. Right. Like if we're sitting here and we're all being like, I've been in groups where everybody's sarcastic, and it's oh. like, you guys are so like pessimistic, Jaded. and you don't even realize because like all you know is sarcasm. Like, all you know is, is saying right. things that are, like, slights or, like, like, you're not saying what you're really saying. Yep. That drives me nuts. Yep. Because, like, the only time I'm using sarcasm is if I'm, like, making a joke. I'm kind of, like, poking around. That's <laughs> when I'm being sarcastic. Not, like, a constant, like, it's, it's, a, it's a tough. Some people just don't know how to balance that. Right. I almost look at it as, like, comedy. Like, right. I'm being comedic. Right. And, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. But you know when it crosses the line. Yeah. There's a line that gets crossed, and you can feel it, because it's actually rooted in anger. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. unresolved anger at the situation. And to me, that's what's frustrating about yeah. It's like, you guys can't genuinely just say what you're feeling. Instead, we have to be, like, Twitter is, I hate Twitter. Oh, yeah. And Twitter is a... It is a cesspool of sarcasm. <laughs> there is so much sarcasm on Twitter that it drives yeah, me it nuts. Like, stay away. <laughs> but people love to, like, talk around things. And that's fine. But at a certain point, you have to be able to address what's right. actually going on. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, sarcasm's cool, but you have to know how to utilize it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because sarcasm can be fun, you know? Like, if somebody says something and you just kind of say something back a little funny, that's fun. Right. But if you're constantly doing that, like, somebody says, how are you? And you're like, I don't know. How are you? Like, Jesus, dude, I'm just asking how your day yeah, is. Just, it, well, it, brings, <laughs> it brings the atmosphere down. It, yeah. It brings a weight to it. It brings a, I don't know, just like a bad vibe. Yeah. You know, again, when it crosses that line. Uh-huh. You know, so. But you, you, can, you can use sarcasm. Just lead with love yes. serve with love while you do it yes absolutely because absolutely. It, if you're leading with hate if you're leading with negativity you're going to naturally fall into that and thing don't, don't use it as a weapon don't use it as a weapon against somebody's character mm -hmm. don't do that don't it, do that how i like looked at the camera i'm like don't, <laughs> do not don't i'm talking to you kids Please at home don't do that <laughs> and don't i'm talking to to the parents I'm talking to you know don't do don't do that I mean oh I, parents even worse I'm saying don't do it and I'm a parent so like I have you sarcasm so I'm sorry to my kids but like you know I'm continually trying to work on it if we're at least mindful of it we'll identify it and be like I'm so sorry well that makes me or, think oops 
that was a little harsh. You know? Yeah, you see it in yourself. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You like see the kid's reaction. You're like, oh, oh. Uh, Ooh, that wasn't. That yeah. was not nice. Ooh, I need to fix that now. <laughs> you think back to when you're a kid and you're like, damn. I, I, that was yeah, you, you look back to when you're a kid and you're like, I'm my parents. <laughs> I am my parents right now. <laughs> well, it makes me think of like when a kid is in a classroom and they say, can I go to the bathroom? And the teacher goes, I don't know. Can you? Uh, like, bruh. What am I supposed to say now? Like, I have to pee. Grammar, please. <laughs> like, no. But that's that negative sarcasm. Yeah. Like, that's, like, what are you even doing here? Right. Like, what? I'm a kid and I have to pee. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You're wasting my time. I think no matter what our expression of love is to our community, no matter what that expression is, that, you know, let it be something that lifts people. Yeah. You know, that lifts people up. You know, whatever that expression is. Some of us may be sarcastic a lot. And I think I'm more sarcastic than I realize. You are. <laughs> like to like lighten a mood or whatever, you know, and just to be silly and sassy, you know, like that's not a bad thing. It's it's just use it to lift people. Don't let it cross that line. You know, whatever your expression is, whatever your vibe is, whatever your strengths are, like use it to lift others and like just don't cross the line with it. Yeah, no, don't. I think great comedians do that well. Yes. They are able to walk that line very well, where yeah. it's almost like you're poking at the humor in the situations mm -hmm. rather than the people. Mm -hmm. um, because people take it personally when you start taking digs at them. But if you, the, yep. life is funny. Life is a funny thing, and there's so much humor to be found in these things. Like you were saying earlier with even uh, people and, and the things we see, there is so much to be found within it. Uh, yes. it's, it's when you're taking a picture, you see something there, in the environment that other people might not see. And I think comedians really have that down to a T. There's, Absolutely. It's kind of the art of being a comedian is learning to look at things from that outsider perspective. And being able to laugh at ourselves. That, and, and our weaknesses, our failures, you know, mm -hmm. and just like, because again, it's, we can laugh at ourselves when we're not riddled with shame. Yes. So, you or we know, can kill that shame by laughing at ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can find the joy and just the silliness, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, it, laughter can, laughter brings strength. Mm -hmm. Joy brings strength. So, like, laugh as much as you can and, and understand that just because you stumbled, you know, doesn't mean that you are a failure, mm -hmm. you know, like, enjoy the moment. I think I just posted this on my Instagram. Um, I was like, find the joy in it, even if you feel like you're stumbling. Find the joy, even if you feel like you're stumbling. I felt like crap when I was dancing on Wednesday. I felt terrible. <laughs> I kept losing my energy. I felt like a failure. But there was this moment where I just vibed with the music and enjoyed it. You know, and I think that if we can do that, we'll get through life, you know, with a little bit more happiness, a little lighter, you know, when we're not our mistakes. Yeah. We're not what happened to us. We're not what they said, you know, and, and we can just laugh like, ooh. I just totally biffed that, you know, <laughs> you know, like, or ooh, I'm not there yet. Okay, cool. I'll get closer tomorrow, you know. I mean, reality is a cosmic joke. The whole thing <laughs> is a joke. Like, it's so funny to me that people take all this stuff so seriously because yeah. the fact that you're even alive is a miracle. Like, oh my what are you doing worrying about, like, what this dude said? 
200 miles away from you that you've never met and you'll never see. Like, there's so many random things people get yeah. upset about nowadays where it's like, just take a step back and think about the fact that you woke up today. <laughs> like, there's air in your lungs. Yeah. And they are expanding and contracting and your heart is beating and pumping blood through your body and, like, all the cells, the capillaries, the veins, everything. It's just That's amazing. Wild. Like, we are, we are a miracle. Yes. We and, are a miracle. And when you take a step back and you look at things that way, it's humorous to be so frustrated with such minuscule things. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I know what it is to be depressed. Yeah. I know what it is to constantly feel like things are not going your way. But you cannot, like, you just simply cannot carry that attitude throughout life consistently. It's going to take you down. Yep. It'll break that foundation down. you got to go in and you just got to learn to... to reconfigure your perspective flip the script yes flip the script that's what you got to do you yeah. got to flip the script you got to flip the script mm -hmm. and by in in order to do that for one you got to do that work you got to be able to look yep. at yourself and think okay what's going on here and for another thing you just have to again have that perspective be able to look at a situation beyond you like okay this is much greater than me. Like, my brain is just a little brain trying to understand something that it can't even grasp. Right. And, you know, I think another important thing is to recognize that we are all learning all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't have it all together. Nobody does. Like Even, even the people who act like they do, they're right. just pretending. You know, it's so funny because, you know, growing up, you think, okay, like... I just get to this place and then I'm going to be good. I'm going to be gold. I'm going to get it. I'm going to I'm going to be on the top of the world. You can't think that way. And then you get there and you're like, I don't know shit. Mhm. Mm I thought I would know everything. I don't know anything. One, I still feel like I don't know anything. I feel like I'm back there. It gives you a perspective like, on your parents too. You think, "Oh yeah, for sure." Damn, like this is the way when I was a kid yes. and I thought they knew everything. They were just who I am right now. Right. It gives you actually compassion. Yes. Um, for them and understanding, and then you know, then you can forgive them for what they, for what they did or how they mm -hmm. made you feel or, you know, whatever. And that brings so much freedom. But, it does. You know, one of the things that's really, really important, and I don't know if you, if anybody's ever heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf. She talks about neuroplasticity and like, almost like rewiring your brain. Check her out, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She has podcasts and everything. She has a heavy ha accent, so sometimes it's a little hard to, to listen, but it's worth it. She what has kind of accent too. is it? I don't know. Oh, that's exciting, know. though. I don't know where she's from. But anyway, so she talks about this, but it's just like rewiring your brain, yeah. right? And it's just like what we agree with, we empower. And she's a professional. She's a yeah. neurologist. Super, super professional. Check her out. Anyways, but what we agree with, we empower. Yeah. And so um, how I defeated fear in my life was I would look at myself in the mirror and tell myself that I was not given like a spirit or a heart of fear, mm. you know, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I would look at myself in the mirror and say it. And I didn't realize what I was doing. I was actually rewiring my, I was creating new pathways in my brain. I was creating a new reality, the truth, the reality of the truth in my brain. And like, there's power in our words and there's power when we speak. And so I began to speak to myself, you know, and that created such breakthrough in my life. You know, That's a powerful thing. It is. It's, it's a it's a powerful thing because fear like ruled me. Like I was putting like dressers in front of the front door Ooh. when my husband would leave town because I was convinced somebody was going to murder us. <laughs> 
Where, where, and you got you definitely got to look at yourself and go, where's this one coming from? False evidence <laughs> appearing real. Yeah. Right? But it was because I was so, I felt so victimized in my youth mm-hmm. that fear had taken over and mag- gotten magnified. And as I agreed with fear, thought about it, I empowered it and it got bigger, bigger, bigger. So I had to confront it and deal with it. And I did that through speaking out loud to myself every day that I am not a fearful being. I'm a powerful being. And you're shifting your perspective in real time by doing that. And so it's doing, it's actually creating a new pathway in your brain. Mm. I think the term is neuroplasticity. I'm not like the super, um, you know, book smart girl. Like I always say, I'm from the hood. Like, I don't know. Like, like I've just done a lot of learning. Um, The smartest people are the ones that can acknowledge that they're not smart. Yeah, I promise. Just like, seriously. So. But, like, look into this stuff because it's, it's really helpful. Yeah. And just actually... Well, fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Or you choose it. Yes. Like, I, I've told so many of my kids who've struggled um, with wanting to commit suicide, mm. you know, choose life. Look yourself in the eyes. Look yourself in the mirror and say, like, if it was me, Shawnee, I'm choosing life today. Like, choose life. I choose life today. Yeah. And your feeling will follow your choice. A lot of times we think that our choices should follow our feelings. Wow. Let me just let that sit there. But really, our feelings will follow our choice. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's, that's a great piece of advice right there. I've never heard that before. Yeah. But I 100% agree with that. And so, and what we agree with, we empower. So if we agree with that choice, we move from that choice. And then we will line up with it. It just takes time, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. You're, really, you're blowing my mind over here now. That was that was knowledge bomb right there. Yeah, I just be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it does follow the choice. Yeah. I think that a lot of the time you see people who, this is the thing that I see a lot with hip-hop artists, for example. Mm. A lot of the time when I was doing interviews or even with podcasts, it's the same kind of thing where people yeah. go, I want to start a podcast. Like I like that you do one. I want to do one. I tell them every <laughs> single time, do it. I, I never say no. I right. say, do it. Here, I'll show you how. You, got, you can download this program yep. for free. You can even record it on your phone. There's this app called Anchor. You can upload to them for free. Put them on Spotify for free. Like I tell them all the stuff they need to know. Be, but the thing about advice is, 99% of people aren't ever going to take your advice, so you might as well give them the best advice possible. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, they, if they made that choice, their feelings would follow it. The feeling of wanting to do the podcast isn't going to create the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not going to, you want to do it, but you don't do it till you do it. And then once you've done it, then you're going to get that emotional response yep. from it. But that's the reality. Like yep. Just the feeling of wanting to do it and then never doing it. Nothing occurred there. Right. But once you do it and you feel that change, that's when it's real. Yep. Same thing with rappers. You see so many artists who are really good and they're talented, but they aren't making a choice, a conscious effort to put out all these songs, to put out their content. And so you see it in them right. and you see them like having the right attitude, but they aren't making the choices that should feed into that attitude. Like it's just the feeling and right. not the choice. Yep. Whereas it feels so much more real. And I'm not even just saying like from the outside perspective, I'm saying when you're the one doing it, if you are just saying I wanna do these things, 
you won't feel fulfilled when you don't do them. You'll yes. think, oh man, like I, I had all these aspirations and then I didn't even follow all these things, these threads in my head. Yeah. Whereas if you put in the effort and then you get those feelings coming from it after, you have an organic thing within yourself. It's almost as if, you know, I, I think creation is one of the most organic things there are and you have to make the choice to create. It's yes. important. Like, you can't just... Or just even the choice of understanding and accepting that I am a creative. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I am a creative. I am a creative being. Therefore, my decisions are going to flow from the truth that I believe about myself. Mm. Well, also... I am creative. Going off of that thread, I've heard someone say before that if you want to truly be happy in life... You have to learn to speak with confidence. You have mm -hmm. to learn to communicate in a way that is coherent and expresses your thoughts in a genuine way to you. And yes. that will give you true happiness. And that, too, is making a conscious choice within yourself to mm -hmm. trust yourself and trust your intuition yep. and then go from there. Yep. And I think that's why I see a lot of different results when it comes to, you know, approaching people or, or, you know, it's why I enjoy customer service because I know myself and I know that I'm able to carry myself through these situations in a way that's going to communicate to the other person that I'm being genuine. Yeah. That's not something that's within everybody unless no. they make the choice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think Absolutely. that type of confidence is infectious, you know, and that's why you see people who are almost like enigmatic. They're there's such a cult of personality because they're capable of expressing themselves in such an honest way. Yes. Uh, I, you know, it's, it means a lot to me when I see certain people who are truly capable of expression in such a way because it inspires me. Yes. It tells me, like, there is so much more in this world that, uh, that uh, again, if you leave a fruit in the fridge and let it sit by itself, right. it's going to rot. And so you have to branch out and see those people and understand like, okay, this is, their, their perspective is them. Mm -hmm. That is them. And they've cultivated themselves in such a way. And you have to be able to do that with yourself. And yeah. you can do that in so many different ways, but you have to make the choice to do it. Uh, or else it comes across as unearned confidence mm -hmm. almost. Yeah, and it's really important, again, like hitting on community, like to be around people who believe in you, who believe this, you know, in a similar way, not the same thing. I feel like it's not a great thing to be around people who are all like you all the time. No. I feel like you need to be surrounded by people who are very different than you, but people who are, who are ahead of you and people who are behind you. Mm -hmm. You need both to propel you forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're helping somebody else come along behind you you know, and the person ahead of you, they're encouraging you and kind of pulling you along, you know. We we need to be in community in order to achieve these things, you know. And, like, so on those down days when we're struggling, they lift us up. They remind us, Yeah. you know, of where we're going and why we're going there. You know, it's super important. And we feed off of each other. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Uh, that is very undervalued a lot of the time. Uh, I think, you know, if I'm writing like, one thing i experienced with that is, musically is performing on stage by myself was so much different than when i was in a band because when you're in a band you there's a sense of community on the yes. stage it's almost as if you especially as the front man as a singer 
you're the one that is guiding this experience in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Like these guys, not, not like you're the center of attention or anything. Most right. people are looking at the vocalist. So everything these guys are doing, you have to exemplify that. You have to make it so, like boost it, take it to, the, to 11 from the 10 that they're at. Mm -hmm. And that is easier said than done, of yeah. course. But when you're up there and you're doing it, you just feel it within you. It's almost like an alien energy. It, it comes high. from it's somewhere. High. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and beautiful that existence. I don't think is as prominent when you're by yourself, even as a stage performer. Mm -hmm. You're feeding off the audience, but there's just something about knowing that like, this is a community effort that yes. makes you, like, it just pushes you that much more. And it's like we were saying uh, off the air about getting fuel from human interaction. Yep. I think that you know, you and I share that attribute where human interaction almost opens us up to more things. Oh, yeah. And that's perspective. Again, that's allowing that to happen. It's seeing that organic thing occurring and, like, yes. feeding off of it and wanting more of it. I mean, I, I also think... What's that? It's, it's everything. It is. It's but everything. To some people, it's terrifying. Yeah. Some people who are introverted, that's not easy. But they still enjoy seeing it. Like, right. they feed off of that, too. They just right. don't want to be the guy on stage. Right. That's why people who are great stage performers are great stage performers. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time, people crave that type of energy. Like, yep. everybody wants to let go of their insecurities and their fears and all these things. That's why a comedian is great. Because you go and you see a comedian and you just get to laugh for an hour or two. You're not worried about all these things. You're, mm -hmm. In matter of fact, you're looking at those things and you're laughing at them and the humor in them. And right. it allows you to kind of diffuse those situations and just, you know, let it be what it is. I think that there's such a value in learning to see, to see yourself in people, I suppose. You know, to, to look at a performer and see what they're offering. One of the things that I wrote, I wrote this back in high school for a song called Superheroes, but it's a quote, I quote it all the time uh, because it's like my thesis with everything a match to a spark to inspire i want to see you start a fire Ooh. yes and the way that i look at that is i am lighting a match and that is only a little small like i'm just a spark you mm -hmm. know and i want you to see that spark and then a fire ignites within you and you do something far greater than what i did heck yeah yeah heck but yeah. that that's what i want people that's the the that's the way I look at things. Mm -hmm. And I wish more people looked at things that way. Just, just looking at things that happen and allowing that to organically create something within you. I mean, the most important messages I've ever received have been like, I'd be on a stage and then somebody says to me like, hey, I saw you performing the other day and it just meant so much to me, blah, blah, blah. It's something you would never expect, but it's like what you were saying about with the kids that you worked with yeah. and seeing them years later and just realizing the difference that you made in their lives too yeah. and, and how much you matter to them. Like they're worried they're not going to remember <laughs> them and all this. Right. It, it shows the value that you hold and it's something that yeah. you, you don't think about in the moment when you're doing all of that for them. Like you know, you, know, you know you're making a difference and you know that you're doing something positive but you could never predict the scope of those types of things. That's oh. why I brought up the butterfly effect of yeah. it earlier too. There's so much that happens behind the scenes and I think that it all starts with the way we lead. It all starts with the way that we portray ourselves and that is far more powerful 
than anything else because, again, so much is happening under the hood. There's so much happening within a person that they don't even have to... T and that's the other thing, is half the time they don't message you. Half right? the time they no. feel that, but they, they don't it, but they don't tell, tell you. you. Yeah, yeah, they won't tell you. And but it's crazy. Yeah, but um, it's, but but it doesn't make it less real. Exactly. I I think that a lot of times I I will struggle as somebody who you know loves my kids or whatever. Sometimes I'll feel like you know a lack of um, significance. In what way? Into them, to them. You know what I mean? Like. You know, because after a while, you don't hear, you don't hear as much. You don't, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I know how significant they are to me, but am I significant to them? You know, and then I'll have a moment and it'll just remind me all over again that yes, I am. You know, like I have one of my kids who've been struggling a long time and then they lost their dad and uh, this has all happened very fast all together. And I saw him in a public place. I hugged him, felt kind of stiff at first. And I was like, okay, I'm still going to love him anyway. I don't care. And then next thing you know, like, he came over and, like, literally just, and, and there was stuff going on around me, but he didn't care. He walked past that, put his head right here. Really? He hugged me. And he put his head right there and kept it there. And I was like, oh, my God, I lost it. I lost it. And I just put my hand right here, and I just held him, like, in just that moment. It's that mom. <laughs> that that maternal that love and it was just like he was hugging me like a mama you know and it was just like i shattered inside with just love you know i just wept you know <laughs> like, because then you realize how important that love is to that person you know they may not tell you you know they may not say it but in a moment somebody's going to show you mm -hmm. you know and it reflects what you've done you know it reflects the work you know, that it wasn't in vain. You know, it was never in vain. It was all for a purpose. You know, and so, and it's worth it. It's always worth it. Oh, of course. To love. Of course. It's always worth it. It's hard, but it's worth it. it, it it's hard because so. sometimes you won't see immediate results. Nope. That's the part that's most difficult, in my opinion, is you can put forth so much of that energy and it almost feels like a lost cause for a yes. while. Yes. But it's those interactions like that that reignite that even within you yes. you see it again you see the difference that it's made and it just reminds you the purpose of it all it's a seed yeah it's a seed so this is and i tell this a lot like when i when i was in holly i would be like so when you when you break up ground you use a garden hoe right that's a primal like that's a very basic tool that you use to break up the ground and i'll be i was like man Loving people in Holly is like plowing cement with a garden <laughs> hoe. It's such hard ground. Right? That's a great analogy. But like I just kept going and I didn't give up, right? And so, but it's like a seed. So when you love somebody, when you, you know, give a piece of yourself, it's actually like a seed. And a seed, if you think about it, goes into the ground. Yeah. And then it dies. Mm, it needs water. It needs to be, and somebody else is going to water it, mm -hmm. right? But then it's going to die, it's going to break open, and then it's going to take time, but it's going to germinate, it's going to come to the surface. The expression of that love will manifest. It will have its effect, you know? And I always say, like, I love, like, with my fuel kids, they're like sunflowers. It only takes one seed to plant a sunflower, but one sunflower can yield 700 seeds. The spark. 
the match to the spark to the flame to the fire. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's a seed. It's just something so much. You know, that one act of love can yield 700-fold mm-hmm. acts of love. Yeah. And, and, and But you may never see it. You may never see it, you and that's okay. It, but you and, need to know it. But you know it within you. Mm-hmm. And those acts of love spawn other acts of love, yep. too. It doesn't even stop there. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. It multiplies yeah. beyond our comprehension. I think that, too, in the tumultuous times we are in, there needs to be lots of that. Yes. It can't just be one person or two people. People need to take the power that they have and use that in that way to, yep. sh- to tell people, like, you know, this is, we are so far gone. Like, this is not the way. This is the message of my life. Yeah. You know, like, I really want to help and inspire others to love. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I just try to do it in a, you do it very head-on. You're much more head-on than I am. I, I try to do it in a very roundabout way where I get them and they don't even know I got them. Oh, I do that, too, but, like, not in a suspicious way or anything, but just, like, I just love, I'm just there. That's what I mean, though. Yeah, just there. Yeah. And then the moment, you know, like, they'll say, there's a saying that people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, it's just be living a life of caring about people. And then when that moment happens, it happens. You know, that love exchange, that moment, that power, that breakthrough, it'll happen. Yeah. You know, you, you know, they'll, they'll. You know, you, you'll have the opportunity. You'll be the opportunity when it's ready. And if it's not, it's not. You still love them. Yeah. It's all worth it, you know. And it's, But I am very direct in the way with people who I have established trust with. I go head on with them. I love them. How you so? Know? Like, I'll, I'll message them. I'll reach out. You know, like, I don't, if I see something, I'm there. If they're in the hospital, I'm there. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm right there yeah I'm running after them and that means a lot to them too yeah they see that yeah yeah Um, actions speak louder than words yeah that's for sure yeah so for those who I have already built trust with you know I'm going after them consistently in a in a beautiful way um but for those who I don't know or haven't established that trust relationship with I'm just loving and building and being who I am yeah and they figure it out you know yeah so yeah tell everybody a little bit about True Heart Project, just so they know what it is. Okay, so True Heart Project I began a few years ago, and it was an effort to highlight the beauty and the potential um, in humanity and in community and culture. And so I was taking videos of people who I just encountered on the street or wherever, and I would ask them if I could share their story, and I would just get to know them, and, and I would have some stories them how did you pick people for it it just happened okay it literally will just happen honestly I don't know who the next person will be it's been a while since I've done a story because COVID and everything you know I really rely heavily on personal connection like in person yeah so COVID kind of wrecked that so I've been at a very big standstill um, with video but with photos I'm still you know I think I'm regrouping and pivoting and moving into photography as well not mm-hmm. not getting rid of video, but like, but so I would just talk to people on the streets. Like I, somebody told me about a guy named Surf in Flint, and they're like, oh, you gotta meet Surf or whatever. And it's a great name. I got connected with Surf, and turns out that Surf is a skateboarding legend. 
Really? I, I think, was that the last episode you did? I don't know if it was the last episode I did. I, I remember that one, on, though. Yeah, and so, like, he's, like, you know, in his upper 50s, and he's still skateboarding. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's still killing it, you yeah. know? And he's still skateboarding today, you know? But, like, walking down the street, people might be intimidated by surf. They might not want to go near him. They may be, you know what I mean? Like, they just make judgments. And mm -hmm. so... I had people come up to me after so many of these videos and say, oh my gosh, like, I never, I've seen that person, but I n now I feel like I know them. Yep. Like, yeah. come on, that's building a bridge, right? So, like, that's my heart. And, and my heart really, too, is also just to validate people who struggle, uh, mental illness, addiction. Um, I did a story and an update on uh, Jody, who struggled with addiction all of her life since she was 13 years old. Well, how do you validate that? Um, by, well, you validate somebody by giving them space to tell their story, mm. to hear their heart. Without interference. Yeah, without interference. You just let them tell their story, and then it's validating them when communities like, yes keep going you can do it you know and they see the worth there was one i did about curtis called the worth of a man how do you determine the worth of a man mm -hmm. you know and it's just like and i talked about curtis you know and it's just like those videos for those people validated their true heart yeah you know what i mean the fact that they were highlighted that their voice was empowered was lifted you know it's just everything Mm. You know, so now I'm kind of in an interesting place where I'm, I'm wondering how to go about it next. So True Heart Photo is a new, you know, like I'm all in the True Heart. I don't even know how many times it's been said in this video so far. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram right now. Website Upwards coming. of 50. Yeah, so um, my apologies to those who've been listening if you're tired of hearing it. But, you know, it's Oh, real. no, that, that's, how, that's advertising it's right real. there. They'll never forget it now. <laughs> They'll walk, so, they'll like be thinking it randomly throughout their day. Like, Where's yeah. that coming from? And, uh, but um, True Heart Photos on Instagram, my heart is to do the same thing um, with photography and yeah. to help people to tell their story, you know, and to val validate their heart, to capture their spirit, who mm. they are, their essence. Um, and, you know, just give people joy and help them to love their community again through these images, you know, to see the good in their community, to see the beauty in it, you know to empower community voice and culture, you know, it's a lifting. It's a, and we're so visual, right? Yeah. Here we are scrolling all day, all night, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I just want to lift with these things. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, so that's what it is. I'm literally just showing the beauty, like, look at this amazing human being right here. You'd think that they're an addict, but let me just tell you who they really are. Let me show you. Yeah. And, and it's just silly to think that an addict wouldn't have something to offer oh my God. because they're an addict. I think that a good way to approach anything in life is to assume that the other person, no matter who they are, knows something you don't know. Right. And just go from there. Because everybody does. Everybody knows something you don't know. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and, and they're just, but they're, they're human beings, you know, people, sons, daughters, mothers. Yeah brothers, sisters. And, and they got their own story. And they're beautiful. You know, uh, even if they struggle with addiction, my closest, uh, one of my closest uh, boys, his name's Victor, he died. Um, he's one of the strongest people I know and one of the weakest people I know because of, you know, addiction. And, uh, but he had so, he was so brilliant. He was so passionate. 
he had so much faith, but he struggled with this one thing. Yeah. And it got him in the end, but it didn't negate who he was. You know, it didn't negate who he was. He was an incredible human being. Mm -hmm. So important to my heart. Well, and it, you know, it's also the case that, you know, the way that them. people are built, you can't just take out a piece and expect them to be the same person. No. Uh, a lot of that addictive personality would also contribute to other a uh, aspects of that personality. You know, mm -hmm. it's not as simple as, you know, you need to stop doing drugs. It's like that thought process is just part of an overall thought process and a lot of the times you'll see creative people like artists who yeah. struggle with substances or, or comedians often struggle with depression yeah. because that skill results from a deficit yeah us creatives we're sensitive <laughs> we're babies we're sensitive hearts we're we're so sensitive in our heart and we feel deeply and so if we've been wounded we hurt deeply yes you know, and so that can leave a mark that can last a lifetime, you know. And so, you know, we just need to understand that about people, but also understand conversely that the family's been so hurt and wounded, too, by the actions of those who have lived an addictive lifestyle. Like, they need compassion, too. Yeah. And so, like, shout out to the families of those who have lost people. Um you know, all my love, those who've been traumatized, you know, like I just see you and I understand and have so much compassion, you know, for people as well. You know, it's it's hard and sometimes it can take families into a very angry place. Of course. And, and you know, because it's hopeless. You don't know what to do. To me, it's hopeless, air quotes, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, it's just about loving people and seeing them all day, every day. And resentment yeah. is an easy emotion to have, you know, hatred and negativity. I think these are all easier emotions to carry than love, to be honest. Yeah, it's self-protecting. Yeah. Because there's only so much the heart can take where you have to refrain. You know what I mean? There's just been too much. You know, so for me, like, I had a lot of trauma. I've lost a lot of my fuel kids. Um, I've lost a lot of my friends, even my boy Victor after that. I mean, I feel like I went way down for yeah. a while. And I had to take a step back from exerting love in such a um, big way. I needed to regroup and heal <laughs> from what had been done to me, you know, from the trauma that I had faced. And so, like, there's room for that, too. It doesn't mean that you don't love. Sometimes you got to back off to heal yeah. so that you can go back out, you know? Well, because like you were saying before, if you don't assess yourself, right. you'll get to a point where you're incapable of, of doing that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it's it's almost as if you, you're stuck in like a rock in a hard place. There's nowhere to go here. Yeah. It, it's, but it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing it's for, I, I think that for someone like you and I, we both have a artistic, creative mindset. Um, I had Vaughn Lambeau on the podcast, and he raised a point that hip-hop and people who are artists are almost taking a feminine approach to the art form by even creating. Like, creating art is almost a feminine thing. You're, you're birthing something, and you're also you're nurturing in what you create. You know, you hmm. want what you create to be good, and that creative mindset is not a masculine thing. It's almost more feminine. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective. Yeah, it but is. 
it is. And that's also probably why we're babies. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're so sensitive because mm-hmm. we have that feminine side to us. Whereas mm-hmm. the masculine thing would be, ah, push it aside. I don't care. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I, I embrace that femininity in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's that same maternal thing. It's that same seeking to understand and seeking something deeper. Yeah. I think that that is something to hold on to indefinitely. But it is, uh, it's a tough balance because you also do have to have that kind of masculine approach where you can't let things constantly get to you. You have to keep your head up in the clouds sometimes and just stay away from all that noise. Yeah. And that's also easier said than done. Yes, it is. Yeah. Way easier said than done. So and it's a balancing act, in my opinion. It is. Yeah, because we all want to help one another, but it gets to a point where we do have to focus on ourselves. And yep. I think that it's also the case that we can get too focused on ourselves, and that's also bad. Again, it's the balance. It's yes. finding that balance. Like, I've been... Um, if, if I could be 100% truthful, I've been backing off for like the last seven years, you know, like in, in intensity of how I love or what I do. So so? like, uh, home resting and like, you know, just not doing as intense of work as I normally do. Um, not overwhelming myself with people and places and things. Um, and I got sick. I actually got sick because of the trauma um, so I had to step back and just be home and rest and heal and learn how to establish good boundaries for myself, learn stress management for myself. It's like a whole other layer of how to heal and how to care for my own heart. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because when you love and you're passionate, you will give yourself to the flames, you know, in order to love somebody. And that's not necessarily healthy either. There has to be a balance, you know. And so I've been learning that balance um, the last seven years. You know, how to love, but not how to um, do everything for everybody. You know, what does love really look like? It's empowering. It's not doing everything for people. Yeah, it's almost leading by example. It's leading by example, but empowering them. So, like, I worked in my church, and I was on staff, and my job was to help people in need. Okay. And so, like, back in the day, like, back then, I would give anything. If my fuel kid had a problem, they had a consumer's bill, their power was out, I would be paying their consumer's bill for them. That seems like love. But it's kind of, in a lot of ways, can be inferior to Mm -hmm. what, to the possibilities of love. So I learned through that job to ask questions to help them to get their own victory and not to cut the chrysalis for them. Do you know what I mean? If you're a butterfly or a caterpillar and you're in that cocoon and it's your time to get out and then somebody cuts a chrysalis, you're killing the butterfly. Yeah. You know? And so a lot of times though our expression of love can actually be enabling bad behavior. Yeah. So I had to learn the difference. I agree with that. I mean, you'll you'll see a lot of that. That's why a lot of people struggle when they get into adulthood yep. because they didn't learn they, they almost were over nurtured yes and they didn't learn those things yep. i mean uh i think you're probably luckier if you're the last kid than the first kid because a lot of times <laughs> the first kid gets all that nurturing and then the last kid's just kind of ah, okay send them on their way actually it's reversed you think so the first kid gets really difficult like the I'm a firstborn okay and i've seen a lot of patterns family patterns and not just in my family but like you know, in other families too, 
the last one, well, I guess it just depends on the family, but um, there's a lot of strictness with the firstborn. Yeah. You know, hard rules, don't do the, you know, just like harshness, but then towards the end, they're like, ah, go ahead and do whatever. You know but you, I mean? you think that would result in somebody who has, I feel so like, like that person like has to, but I feel like that, that younger kid has to support themselves more than the older kid. Because the older kid kind of got all of those, that hard strictness, they got it instilled in them to the point where they're so used to it that that's what they expect from the world. Whereas the younger kid's like, okay, nobody's going to help me but myself. I got it. I don't know. No? I don't know. I guess it depends on the family. It does. I've seen a lot of younger siblings who get all the nurture. Oh, yeah. The, it's the baby. Yeah. They're the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. They get all the love. Yeah. And we're like, what the crap? <laughs> I did that and I got whooped, you know? Like, right. what the heck was that? Like, so they aren't as hardened no, by the experience. they're not as, you know... That's, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. That well, might I be guess, the truth, yeah. Again, it depends on the family. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on the upbringing and the parents' approach and how, and it's not just the parents' approach, it's how you respond to it. Of course. Your parents could actually have a healthier approach, but your response can make <laughs> it seem like it's a, you know, it's the worst thing in the world, you know. It's all perspective, too. Yep. You know, yeah. uh, you have to learn, it's, as a kid, it's very, very hard to set uh, yourself outside of yourself. So you're going to look at everything your parents do is the worst thing in the world, right? best thing in the world. Like nothing is nothing is in the middle. Nothing <laughs> is understandable. Everything right. is, oh my God, I hate them or oh my, oh my God, they're the best. Yep. And it's very, very hard to break outside of that. But yep. I think that, um, and because of that, that's mm-hmm. where you see a lot of these tendencies build. Like yep. that is the reality that you're witnessing. Yep. So if that's what everything is, that's what everything is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, at a certain point, you're right. You have to learn to take a step back. Go, I'm actually not helping right now. Yeah. I'm making it harder for them. Uh, because even though I want to you know, support them monetarily, you I want to rescue them. rescue them, you can't always save somebody. Sometimes they got to save themselves. They have to do it. It's like so much more powerful when somebody gets their own victory. Yes. Okay, so like, but if I support you, I give you tools, I cheer you on. There you go. I believe in you, you know, I, I give you that support, but you do it. Yep. There's a different moment when all of a sudden your power's back on and you're like, I did it. Yes. I did it. You know, like, yes. And it was you that did it. Yes. And you know it was you. And it wasn't somebody just handing you a check. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it speaks know? to uh, your capabilities as a person. It, it elevates you. It lifts you. Yep. And so it's a superior way. It's a, it's a better way. It's a, it's, a, it's a fuller way because it's actually lifting the person in the similar concept. You know, what's more powerful, to give somebody a fish or to teach them to fish? Ah, Do you yes. know what I'm saying? It's like a similar thing. And some people aren't ready for that yet when you present it to them so they get upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they're just not ready mentally for that yet. Like, but, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Well, they just get mad and they think, you know, you're not for me. Yeah. Because you're not doing what I want you to do to fix me, you yeah. know. Well, and, it's an instant gratification type of thing almost. And it's just not right. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, I'm sorry, but this is what, this is the process. You know, um, I want you to do this. We'll support you. But if you can't go through this, then I can't help you with that. Yeah. You know, shout out to all the social workers and people out there um, because... People who are in that emergency mode, 
you know, and these people who do it for love and like really try, they get so beat up by people who are in that emergency phase of, I need help now, help mm-hmm. me. Like, give me medication or something. Give it to me now, like... But know, a lot of that, you need to look at your... The, the, it's their so job hard. is to help someone look at themselves. Yep, and then they just get so burnt out. So shout out to the um, to the social workers out there. Um, you, oops, sorry. <laughs> no, you you're good. The MVPs. <laughs> you guys are the real MVPs out there, you know, doing the thing every day. And, and I just encourage you to take... Um, stock of your heart and take time to heal and process out because it's you know that season for me was really hard you know people of love of loving in that way you know it's it's a hard thing but it's worth it too so it's it's tough to when someone is struggling Mm -hmm. help them to again it's very very hard to be reflective but that I'm, I'm speaking on from an ordinary everyday life type of thing if you just you know lost a loved one, yep. if you just went through a really hard breakup, it's going to be really, really difficult for you to step outside of that mindset, even for a moment. Oh, and yeah. so that, to me, you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Like, you're in immense, immeasurable, like, the most pain that you know. Mm-hmm. Like, when something that traumatic happens, it becomes very, very difficult. And you don't even realize how traumatized you are until you're like six months, a year out, and you're still holding on to those negative yes. emotions. And so it's very, very important to have people who are capable of this. Now, I mean, social workers and therapy, that is, that is one direction to go. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, those people are, are doing God's work. I really do. I think that people shouldn't jump to therapy, though, as an immediate response to these things. Like, you don't have to, you need to, you, you can be a therapy to yourself, but you have to know how to do it. And now, don't get me wrong, talk to the people around you, talk to your loved ones, but, you know, a lot, you, there's a lot of horror stories with therapy even, where people will go to a therapist, they have to go through four different therapists before they find the one for them, and some people don't have that type of energy. They're going to be... They're going to go to one therapist. They're going to see that they don't understand the situation. They'll get turned off of the whole thing. And that's unfortunate as well. So therapy is a tough thing, I think, for a lot of people who are struggling because they almost, that negative mindset feeds into the therapy too. And they think, this can't help me. This can't do anything for me. I think therapy can be great, but it has to be the right kind because it's just like any other field like in nursing you'll see a lot of people who are nurses just by name yes and it's a tough thing yeah. there is different types of therapy you are know? there and and so you just you know it's good to do a little bit of research um so if you've had a lot of trauma in your life you know try and find somebody who specializes in trauma you know um in different and research different types of trauma therapies like I think that's the the beautiful thing about technology and Google and social media. You can take a look at the different types of things. You can research. That's true. Um, and also not only look at that, but look at like, you know, not just the internal, how to deal with the internal, but like the different things, external toxins, um, what you're putting into your body. You know, these things are actually bringing a toxic load, which is pressing down on the heart issue. So if you can ease the load by, you know, cleaning up your diet, just cleaning up your diet, you know, and like getting rid of those chemicals and like those things that are really attributing to a bad thing on your body. Like we weren't created for all these chemicals. This is crazy. Our body can't process that. So if we try to reduce our toxic load, it's going to actually take some pressure off, 
you know if we if we uh, look at our relationships and say okay this is an abusive relationship and we just start you know kind of getting away from the the relationships that aren't lifting us you know that's going to help and give us space to breathe you know all of these things are contributors to our health you know our mental and emotional wellness it's not just therapy you know sometimes yeah. if we clear up some of this stuff we can begin to think clearly again i agree the mind body and soul all work as one yeah yeah, yeah. and it's that that that's a great that was a great way to go from what i was saying because i 100 yeah. percent agree with you i think that it's kind of what i was getting at almost you need to take stock of yourself before you think of therapy as the end-all, be-all, mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, the diet thing, that's a great point. Huge. Uh, because, again, last podcast I had, we had like a whole little tangent where we were talking about that. Did and you? I, I said, you are what you eat, but you really yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I said in that podcast was, if I eat salad all day, I'm going to feel like a salad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's really oh, true. And um, these things truly do feed into our daily uh, mental processes. Uh, yeah. There's a neurobiologist by the name of Andrew Huberman. Mm. So we're both recommending podcasts for each other. Highly recommend checking him out. Okay. Uh, he's on YouTube. He's got like 47 episodes now, but he works at, I think, it's, I think he's at Harvard. Oh. Yeah, he's like, high, big deal. Word. And he started doing a podcast, and there's just so many little tidbits of information in there that it just blows my mind like you know there's little things like if you want to kind of naturally help to get that cortisol release in your brain going properly one of the best things you can do is get up around sunrise watch the sunrise for a good five or ten minutes and then when the sun sets watch the sunset for about five or ten minutes and that sounds like you know okay that might like okay but that's a real thing because grow throughout the years like back when it's caveman times that's the only clock you had. You yeah. see the sunrise, you see the sunset, and there's a natural thing occurring there. Mm -hmm. This whole thing where we're all like inside all day looking oh, at screens, God. that's new. That's not yeah. something that we've done for a long time. And I think that, too, is a big reason you start to see a lot of people who get bad sleeping patterns, yep. you get depression, you get these things, because sunlight is one of the most important things a oh human can gosh. get we are so low on vitamin d yeah and, like, and we're so low on it especially in michigan like mm -hmm. in the midwest or whatever oh is um, it a, is it a thing to do with the, the sun, geography the, the lack of light mm -hmm. you know it's just a lack of light and we have seven months of crappy weather out of the year if you want to really look at it we sure do and so like vitamin d deficiency is huge and and so like even i have a sun lamp at home that I literally will just try and get those UV rays. But let me tell you something. Nothing replaces being outside. That's true. Nothing. Nature will nurture your spirit. Yep. Nature will strengthen you. Using your senses to experience nature literally will fuel your body and give you energy. It'll fuel your spirit. It strengthens you. It's the weirdest thing. Like, people used to make fun of tree huggers. But they're on to something, baby, because nature nurtures you. It's a gift to us. So getting out, like literally touching, um, using your senses, taste, sense of hearing, touch, smell, you know, sight, taking in nature, listening, pondering it. Leave this at home. Stay outside or just somewhere else. Like put it in airplane mode and put it away and just experience nature. I hate carrying my phone around. I, I'm... I'm 
seriously like and it's a, it's like a terrible addiction how many times the average american picks up a phone i heard this on a podcast 262 times a day i believe it yeah the average that's crazy. That's a very high number. Most of us are above number. average, baby. Most of us are above <laughs> average. And the craziest part is it's always like for a small little, like, do I got notifications? No? Okay. Yeah. Put it back down. So it's just so important for us to nurture our spirit and to, like, get out. Because that that thing that you're talking about, that is relatively new. Yes. And we don't know the results of that because right. it's like what we said off air. Yep. It's a experiment that has only gone for 20 years. We don't know what that is. Yep. Smartphones probably ten years. Like we're so not into this, like in long the long term that I know. It's just it blows my we mind. Have no when idea I see how people, it's gonna affect us. <laughs> yeah. We have no idea. And it blows my mind when I see people like try to downplay that where they're like, right. Oh, you know, it's no big deal. Like one of the things that neuroscientists I was talking about, one of the ways you can help, and this is something that I would find it be difficult, but I could. I haven't tried it yet because I don't know how I would do it. But another thing that helps with that sleeping schedule yeah. and that your general like hormone release, because everything is hormones when it right. comes to mood, is you're not supposed to be looking at screens two hours before you go to bed. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. You want to turn all those screens off, maybe like so read hard. a book. Like you <laughs> yep. shouldn't be staring at screens right before bed. Right. But everybody does it. Like, yep. we're not talking about, like, because maybe five or ten years ago, the sentiment we're sharing right now would be more popular. But I don't think so anymore because the tides have shifted so much yeah. that everyone is so used to this digital age we're in. It's really, you almost sound like you're preaching when you try to say these right. types of things to people. Yeah. And it's sad because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, it really, it's a simple it biological neurological thing it's all within the way that your brain is it's your neuroplasticity i'm telling you it's like okay so and another thing like we don't allow ourselves to be bored anymore like we don't let our brains rest we don't let us just be with ourselves and keep ourselves company we don't you know and there's just so much creativity to be had when we just allow ourselves to be bored yeah I agree. And I not look at this. Like, I think that boredom is an essential part of life. Yeah, we should be bored. We should have a moment where it's just like, oh, what do I do? You and we, we've been stripped of that with phones. We in a way. have. We've been stripped of a lot. Like, let me just say this. Like, technology is beautiful. It's amazing. But just like everything else, we need to keep it in balance, you know? And even, like, putting ourselves out there on social media, like, honestly, guys, that shit doesn't matter. No. The way that we think it does. We're, we're becoming slaves, and we were never meant to be slaves. You know, we are meant to be powerful human beings living our lives to the full. And we don't live our lives to the full from um, a tiny little room. No. We don't. We, we need to go out, live, move, breathe, dance, create, you know, laugh. You know, this is what we were created for. Enjoy your work. Enjoy your life. Connect with the people that you love. Like, this is what it means to be alive. I saw Elon Musk say in an interview, and I like Elon Musk. I think that he's a super-duper innovative, creative guy. I think some of the stuff he's done is, you know, he contributes a lot more uh, to the betterment of society than I think a lot of people with his level of power. Uh, but... I saw him talking about the Neuralink technology that he's making, and he was talking, it was on a, when he was on Joe Rogan, not the last time, but the one before, I believe. Mm. And he said to Joe, he said, 
I want to make it so everybody has this neural and the Neuralink thing. It's I can understand how that would be a contentious thing. Now, if we're just saying it's for people who have mental disabilities or for people who like if you're blind and it can make you see again, that's a miracle. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought process. And that's what they're talking about. There's or like people who are deaf and mm -hmm. they're going to figure out where it is in your brain and you could actually repair something like that. Hmm. To me, that is the utility of that technology. Yeah. Just stop there. Don't yeah. go farther than that. Don't go farther than you that. You don't need to go farther than that yeah. because that, now you're aiding humanity. You're doing, like, you know, you could have that argument, well, it's not God's plan. Okay. But it's at the very least, that is something that is meant to assist people. Mm -hmm. Whereas, another, but he was going farther than that when he was talking about it. And he was saying, well, I want it so people can communicate through these neural links uh, because he was saying that he thinks that the way we communicate naturally is a little bit, it's wobbly. We, we don't really communicate our thoughts in a coherent, efficient way. We could be so much more efficient if we were just communicating by sending the thought directly to the other person. Or we could just talk to somebody. Yeah, okay, now, <laughs> I feel like if you end up at that, if that's where you end up, like, you gotta be, Elon, I love oh you, my. man, but that is just, so far gone from the actual human experience. And also, there's a reason that our thoughts are not, like, that in between, that me trying to con uh, conform my thought to a sentence that makes sense, and then telling that to you, and then you getting to respond, that middle ground between us is where the reality is. That's where we really find the truth. If we're just sending things back and forth unfiltered, that's no, to it's me. It's just it, it, it's it, it's a concept that is impossible to even grasp because that's not really what interacting is. Like it's it, it's an inhuman way to interact. Yeah, I feel like you know it's a it's a really great tool to say. So what I'm hearing you say is yes, and and those skills those skills that we develop through communication yes. are very essential. I feel this way even about self driving cars to a point. It's yeah. like I'm not even talking about. The fact that, you know, oh, this is going to take over the industry, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about none of that. I'm just talking about when you're driving, when you're not driving a car anymore, when the car's driving itself, your brain's going to start checking out. And you're going to lose those location, those navigational skills. Those serious. are just going to slowly go away. Okay, so let's go to rear uh, cameras. Yes. In cars. Yes. Oh, okay. you're right. Nobody's looking behind them anymore. Nobody's paying attention. Mm. And, and, um... One of my kids were like, why aren't you looking at your rear camera? And I was like, because I'm looking behind <laughs> me. I'm using my mirrors. I don't, I don't want to rely on that camera. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, it's useful. It will beep if there's an object behind me that I'm getting close to. Which is good. Which makes me look at, okay, there's something that I cannot see. But you people know, get to the point where they rely on the technology. Exactly. So when you rely on the technology, you lose your just a space in mm -hmm. your brain. And so, like, even with cell phones, you know, you have your contact list. Oh, nobody remembers phone numbers nobody anymore. Nobody remembers phone numbers anymore. You're Do you so know, right. like, I worked so hard to memorize these damn phone numbers. I was a kid. I was pride I was a kid once. Many, and I still try to remember phone numbers, but it's nowhere near the capacity of what it used to be. Uh-huh. Because this has become my brain. Wow. This is my brain. I think I only know like two phone numbers. 
seriously, no. Like, we should be memorizing this stuff. That's a skill. Yeah. Same like, thing with calculators. I mean, even yeah, that. Just a lot math, of people... Just uh, calculating in your mind. Like, I don't want to look at that. And, you know, my friend, actually, uh, my friend Tara, my, my best friend, she checked me on that because... Um, she was like, she would ask a question like, who is in this movie? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's Google it. She's like, no. Don't you Google that shit, she says. I always wait like, like a don't minute. Don't you Google that. She goes, you think about it. It's going to come to you. Like, you'll remember. And it, fine, after a week, if you can't remember, then look it up. But like. She's right. It will come to you. Let Use your brain. I'm like, okay. Well, and you know what that is? She's That's right. neuroplasticity right there. Well, it is. She's right. Because like, you're losing neuroplasticity when you're not using those muscles in your brain. You I mean, neuroplasticity, from my understanding, is the elastics of your brain. It's how much I can stretch and go in these different directions. Like, if I'm not using that part, it's like we just yeah. said, you develop a deficit there. It's gone now. Yeah, like, and, and I understand, like, for the times or whatever, we may need space for other things, but, like... I just see the value in memorization. I see the value in, you know, that kind of thinking and like using your mind and not relying on somebody else to be your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we live in a culture where there's so many unknowns and our minds are being devalued. Yeah. And, you know, technology reigns supreme as the answer, you know, or what's presented to us through that technology. And, you know, again, that's taking away our power. We need to use our minds. We need to use and trust in our, this ability that we've been given, this miracle that is in our cranium right now that keeps us on this planet. Like, the depths, the widths, the heights of how far we can go is just amazing. You know, we need to use our mind. And I'm challenging myself. Like, I'm like, even as I'm saying, I'm like, Sean, you got to use your mind. (laughs) Come on, Sean, you got to use your mind. Like, like, stop checking out or stop relying on this. Like, think. And, you know, and again, it's just embracing who we are as human beings. We are powerful. We are smart. We are creative. Yeah. You know, we are loving and compassionate, you know, and then just walking in it. I hate to stop you. I really got to pee. But you continue. Go. Talk. Tell that camera. Tell. Okay. Keep telling that okay. camera about what you're saying. Don't okay. stop on my account. I'll be right back. I'm gonna hurry. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I was gonna you say, know what happened? It what became happened? a blank slate to me because yeah. you exited and like. Oh, sorry. sorry, baby. So like, yeah, it just became like a device. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking about, when honestly. You and I. Yeah. Are here and there's, it creates a depth. Isn't that interesting too? Just because yeah. like, it makes me realize. Also, like, it's like I was saying earlier, I take for granted the amount of a difference I'm actually making. Yes. Like, as soon as I'm outside of the room, it's like the energy's gone. Yeah, we just, <laughs> nope, we just, we'll just pause. We'll just wait on that because, uh, you know, for me, I always struggle talking uh, to a device. But if, like, this camera transported into an audience of people, it wouldn't matter if you left. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would go full force because I would be in my zone, you know. It's just the device is an obstacle for me yeah. in a lot of ways. And I, and like I said, it's a muscle. I think yeah. a lot of people don't have that uh, natural sense of like, okay, I'm on camera. I just got to turn it up a little bit, just yeah. be this personality. A lot of people don't even have that in them. That's not their concern. It, for me, That's it's not people. where their heart is. It's just people, but like the conversation here that we're having is really fueling and going through. Yes. This. So it's it's a dynamic here. 
Mm-hmm. But when I lose that, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's it's super hard for me. I think uh, an important. It's almost like that thing about like. Um, being able to represent your own ideas in a cohesive way. Oh, yeah. I try to look at it like that, where it's like, if I'm on a camera, it's almost like I have to just know that within that camera, there are people. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there are, though. I mean, because they aren't seeing it right here in this moment. Right. Maybe if you're live, they are. No. Nope. You know that what you're doing still does hold that same exact value. It's just that the essence of it is a bit different. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I think looking, I almost look at it as a performance, but mm -hmm. then again, that's the difference. I mean, when it's just you and I talking, we're not performing, we're not putting on anything, it's right. just you and I talking. Right. And as soon as somebody leaves the room, it's like, oh, okay, okay. uh, well. Energy changed. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Shifted. Like, okay. Mm, but it also, like, breaks in your brain, too. Like, it breaks from where our continuity it yes. breaks the synergy of the moment, too. So, yeah. And I hated to do that because I was thinking the whole time, man, I'm going to have to go pee. I'm yeah. going to have to go pee on her, and she's going to have to stop <laughs> this thread. You better edit out that dead space. <laughs> you know I'm going to. Because I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard the silence, I was like, all right, nope. I'm going to have to cut that cut. bit out. <laughs> it's going to be a cut. It's okay. You're the second person I've done that to, and the first time I did it, too, he, you could tell, like, he, he started off. Like yep. strong, but yep. then slowly, slowly is like, all right, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so. like, I just respected that he tried. I want to be sassy. <laughs> I want to be like, so anyways, why it? <laughs> yeah, that's what you should do. That's what you should what do. do. Tell everybody what you want to say, what you can't say in front of me. That's what it is. It's about why it's sarcasm. Yeah, let's just family. talk about this guy. Or okay. have a nice days. Let's just talk about those. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, like tell me, tell everybody about the real problem you got with me, and then when I walk back in the room, just act like it's totally normal. Oh my god, that so would have been funny. the way to do it. So yeah. funny. I'm gonna keep that. If anybody ever walks out of the room and I'm on a podcast, that's the first thing I'm gonna do. <laughs> do it. I'm gonna please. insult them. Oh no, don't insult. Them. Well, I'll be sarcastic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but to the line. I'll walk Only that line. line. <laughs> I'll walk line. that line beautifully. Beautifully. To the line. I'll be like, I'll say so, like it's tough because you gotta like, like I like I said, comedians are real good at it, mm -hmm. but like you got you can't push people's buttons too hard. Right. But, like, I'd probably be like, man, did you see the socks that dude's wearing? Right. They look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just walk the line just enough to right, where they might enough. they might think like, were my socks ugly? But they're not yep. gonna be that upset. Yes. Whereas if I just said like, man. They got an ugly haircut and they smell stinky and I'm just like going hard on them. They're right. going to be like, whoa, this guy's a jerk. Yeah, right. They don't, they, the sarcasm would not come across at that point. You're right. You got to walk the line. Yeah. I think I'm an expert at walking the line. Yeah. I think I do it well. Yeah. Yes. I do it too sometimes. It's not easy. It's not easy. I do it between love and toughness. Like That's, yeah. I walked in to a restaurant the other day and this lady looked at me. She goes, you looks like she's like you look like you nobody should be messing with you really and i was like that's right and then 30 seconds later we were hugging and she goes oh my god you're such a lover you have such a good energy but don't mess with you and i was like that's right <laughs> better recognize there's a line <laughs> you know you got both sides got, going oh on. yeah i got both sides yeah. yeah i take i take what what made me really hard and really tough and i honed it to a place of strength. I didn't disregard or get rid of that. 
You know what I mean? Well, it's like we were saying earlier about like love is it, love is a, is almost a strong thing. Like yes. you have to you have to have strength in order to love properly. But through what happened to me in my upbringing, I had to walk tough. Mm. I had to fight. I had to protect myself. You know what I mean? And so that side of me was out of balance, but now it's balanced. I don't reject that side of me. It's very useful. Nobody messes with me. When I'm walking somewhere or if I'm feeling very protective, people won't step to me. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a, I put it out there. If you try, you will be sorry, you know? <laughs> And that's, that's a very protective thing, but at the same time, I also walk with love. Does yeah. that make sense? It's kind of like I've learned how to have the balance of both. When I need to be tough, I walk with a, with a look. You know, when it's time for that love to come forward, it's right there. Yeah. You know, and, and most of the time that toughness is, is out of protection, you know, loving on people. Or if I'm in a place where, you know, there's a threat, you know. It's, bring it out. I have trouble like being tough, tough, like being like mean. I'm not good at no, it. No, not mean. Um, no, I'm not good at like uh, strong. Yeah, strong. Yeah, I could do strong. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I guess an uh, example of that would be like when I was growing up, I never tolerated bullying. I never did. I, I there were kids in high school who would there in particular there was uh, a kid named uh, I guess I won't say names, but there was mm -hmm. a kid in the room we'll just say his name was eric okay? okay and so there were these other kids who he would walk across the room and he'd just be off doing his own thing and mm -hmm. they would go eric and then he would and then oh hold on turn my sound off sorry about that that's okay so he'd be walking and he would say mm -hmm. like eric and eric would look over and then all these kids would act like they didn't say anything to eric Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, but they're obvious, and you know, to them, it's just they're just fooling around, they're mm -hmm. just playing, whatever. But that's not what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're doing, and I don't. Th I think deep down they know that's not what they're doing. Right. I don't think that it's a childish thing. I think that they know what they're doing is sinister. They know what they're doing is wrong, but they're choosing to do it anyways. And so, I I remember I would say to those kids, I I would I would. Flip the script on him. Right. So if it was like Bob saying this to Eric, I would say from the back of the room, Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> I I was rude about it, mm -hmm. and I know that that was not like the popular approach. But to me, that's how you fight bullying. You mm -hmm. don't you don't fight bullying by being mean to a bully. You don't fight bullying by like picking on a bully back. Right. Uh, you can't even fight bullying by, like, just walking up to the kid and saying, hey, like, I know that's wrong, what they're doing, because it's, the kid knows it's wrong, and he's right. the one being bullied, and, like, he knows it's wrong. You're not telling him anything new. You got to stick up for him, and right. you got to do it in that moment. You have to be in that moment and say, hey, that's not cool. I'm going to call you guys on that. That's right. not cool. And I, that's how I learned I had that muscle, because a lot of people just don't have like it, it's just the wildest thing people will all say they're against bullying they'll all say bullying is bad but then when they see it right in front of them they don't say a word and that is what enables bullying you have to be the one to stand up in that moment and say right. hey this is not cool what you're doing right now not cool yes and that makes the bully go whoa, whoa, whoa. 
who's this guy to right. tell me it's not cool? Right. And they have to look at what they're doing. And, right. you know, whether or not they agree with you, they disagree with you, at least you said something. You'll never yes. regret saying it because you'll regret not saying it. Right. I mean, that's how I felt about it. And, well, and to me, those moments, those situations are the uh, they're showings of character. Yes. Like, if you're able to do something like that, that's the honest version of yourself. That's the true heart sticking out. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, and, and to me, uh, yeah, I, I wish more people had that within them. I wish more people were able to walk that line of love, but also boldness. You know? Well, I think they, again, they've done their boldness behind a keyboard. Yes. So it's well, just it's, yeah. standing, but it's changing now in a lot of ways. I think it's changing now. How um, so? I think um, with a lot of social justice you know, stuff that people are learning to speak out. Um, there's been enough corporate outcry against things to where people are more bold in speaking out now. People are more apt to hit a camera, you know, turn on their cameras on their phone and record something that's not right or to stand up for somebody now. I think that that's something that's been changing yes. with the social justice movement that's been happening lately you know and so i think that there is a change like people are getting bolder and they're more comfortable with speaking out because in general like we've had this movement afresh of people really speaking out against things that are wrong you know so i think that people are getting more comfortable it's not entirely there but i think we're moving towards it yeah I see it a little bit more yeah. it's leading by example is what it is just yep. like anything else and i mean so you can't you... expect people just all of a sudden do it you have to do it yourself yeah and so when you see people who are like where it's becoming more normal to speak out against something that is wrong then it gives people courage i agree you know that's so, why i did it that's why yeah. i was doing it i just figured if nobody's going to do this yep somebody's got to be the one somebody's got to be the one mm -hmm. you know and then you empower the next one yeah who yep. empowers the next one so yeah. yeah, and and it's 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 great. Uh, it's a big old butterfly effect, and I you know I'll never know if that kid ever cared that I said or did anything, um, but I know that he was alone in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and if I wasn't saying anything in that room, nobody was saying anything right. for him, and he would have been alone in that. And that creates that also is a butterfly effect that creates hatred and pessimism and all these things that are just unhealthy for a person. I mean, you want to talk about mental health. A lot of that stems from the way that we treat other people yes. and the way that we look at things first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just not enough focus on these types of things. It's all, you know, okay, well, what kind of medication do you need? Right. Where no. a lot of it is just so far beyond that. Yeah, and I think everything that we've been talking about, like, really just lends to that. You know, it's just taking care of your heart, learning to love, you know, taking, <laughs> taking, um, you know, stock of your heart, like looking at inventory, like looking at your heart, caring for it well, healing, and um, moving forward. That's it. Towards your true heart. So. That was beautiful. Thanks. That was beautiful. And you know what? I think that was a beautiful point for us to kind of wrap this up in a beautiful yes. bow. Because I think that what you just did, what you just did, I know you're not a podcast host. I know you don't normally do these <laughs> types of things. But that was, you just did a perfect, like, conclusion. Yes. That was gorgeous what Thank you just you. did. I don't know how you pulled that Thank off so, so flawlessly. Thank you. Because, like, you weren't even trying to do it. 
But you just wrapped everything in a beautiful bow. You just summarized our whole conversation. And handed the gift <laughs> to the world. <laughs> so before we go, though, yes. I would like to know, for one, what can we look forward to that you're doing? What can we see coming from Shawnee in the future? Is there a new True Heart Project uh, video on the way? Hmm. What kind of photography can we look forward to? Stuff like that. So I am... Um, I'm a B-girl, so if you follow me on Instagram, it's at Shawnee Newbecker, N-E-U-B-E-C-K-E-R, S-H-A-W-N-Y-N-E-U-B-E-C-K-E-R. I'm surprised we didn't even touch on that this and, whole time. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that's a... It's a, like a half of your personality is right really there. It's really big is, you know, <laughs> being a B-girl and being a female in the culture and, and also being in my 40s and being a B-girl in the culture is, like, crazy. Um, it probably makes you real hip, though. They probably really think does. you're so hip. It makes me rare. Like, yeah. there's not a lot like me, but there's more and more every day like me because, you know, people are just waking up to their power. Well, that's a leading by example thing, so, too. I think yeah. people see you doing it and they, they see stuff like that and they go, you know what? I could do that. Yes. And I'm not too old for that. I'm very intentional with that. Yeah. So, like, you can follow me there and uh, see my journey as a B-girl, as a breaker, um, or um, on True Heart Photo, at True Heart Photo. Um, I'm doing photography, just capturing the beauty and the story of community, um, of humanity, and of culture. And so really empowering community voice through photography. Um, and just, I look forward to some stuff coming from there. I really want to tell people stories. And um, I know that there's a book in my future. I don't know when. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. And I'm hopeful for more stories for True Heart Project. Um, I really need somebody to help me with editing on that. So... Just saying. So, because I'm down for the stories. It's just hard to produce all of it. You got an editor right over here. I know. That's why I was like, mm, <laughs> we're going to be talking. So, like, yeah, I really, uh, the more the merrier as far as, like, bringing together people. Yeah. You know, so just look for that at True Heart Project on uh, Facebook, at True Heart Pro on Instagram. So. Yeah. All right. And look forward to my name being on one of those videos hey, one of hey, these days. Hey, hey, I'd love hey, to help. Hey, 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 yeah. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's That'd go. Be hey, 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 hey. That would be dope. Well, I'm, I'm so dope. I, um, Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate you being here. Yeah. And I actually, I, I will say, I thought our whole conversation was going to be like, you know, running through the motions of, okay, well, what was this uh, True Heart Project video like? How did that go for you? Yeah. You can never predict. Um, I, this is why I approach podcasts in the way that I do. I think that it is a, it's kind of like similar to the Joe Rogan approach, honestly. Uh, yeah. It's bring somebody in. A lot of the times they think it's going to be an interview, but it's really not. It's more of like a conversation between the two of us Yeah. where... And that's where you're going to get a lot of that personality out of that person. Love and the, the people who might not know you that well will see that side of you and they feel like they're connected to you. It's that building yep. those connections. And that's what people truly want when it comes to, you know, the people that they look up to. They want to feel like they know you and yes. know who you are. And so I just really, I'm really glad that we had such a deep Me too. conversation. I think we really touched on a lot of things that, um, that are the foundation of what both of us do. Yeah. I think both of us are people who seek to highlight the true nature of other people. Yes. And I think that that is not an easy task, but it takes the right person to do it. And I think you are someone who is the right person. You have Thank the right you. head on your shoulders. Thank you so much. 
And um, that's an invaluable thing. I think more so now than ever, people do need to be looked at as people. Yes. They need to be understood regardless of where they're coming from. And that's the only way we're ever going to truly move forward yeah. out of this uh, whatever this is. <laughs> so this is. I really do think that that the 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 values we've been speaking on are something to you know take home and yeah. think about and really attempt to apply yourself to those things and understand where you stand on how you look at other people and how you treat other people and the way that you lift others up because it's a community effort it's yeah. not just one of us it's you can't rely on the person on the screen to do it it's everyone all the time. And as disconnected as you may feel, you are always part of a community. Yes. It is an inescapable thing. You are loved. You are loved. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to ask you too, just so we could leave whoever the listener is right now with something nice, is how would you, what advice would you give to someone who, how, what advice would you give to someone in order to help them lead with their true heart how would you how what advice could you give to someone to help them be a more genuine version of themselves remember what it's like to be a child that was great that was great that was beautiful all right like before all the bad stuff happened what was it like to be a child Remember what you were. Remember who you are. It's who we were as a, ch as a child, you know? What was your personality like? I was always loving, so loving, and sensitive, and caring, and free, and loving of nature, and, you know, and, and I love to be beautiful, and, you know, and just there's all these different things, you know, that I loved as a child. What was it like? What were you like? Remember what that was before it was marred by whatever by life and and just remember that about yourself and try and have that translated into your life now you know we spend so much time running from being children that we forget that being childlike is what we need who we were as children you know it's our true heart so Thank you guys so much for being here. Remember her words. Use them wisely. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys, if you stuck through this whole thing. Props. Props. You are the top roosters of the coop troop. <laughs> we love you. We're happy to have you. And you, my friend, have potential. You got a world within you. I'm a match to a spark. To, uh, a match to a spark <laughs> to inspire. I want to see you start a fire, boy. Okay? So do what you got to do. I don't care what it is. This world is your oyster. I'm just living in it. I will see you soon. Love you guys. Boom. We're really wrapping it up. I, I feel like I could just keep going. I There's know. so many threads. Next time. I, yes. We'll come back. Shawnee will come back. There will be a podcast number two. I promise. It's going to happen. And we'll talk about <laughs> her uh, dancing. We'll get into that yes. on podcast number two. Okay. It's not dancing, though. It's, uh, what's the term? It's b-girling. It's breaking. Breaking. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. B-girling, which almost sounds cooler. It sounds more hip. Yeah, right. Dancing is just like, that sounds like, you know, ballerina. <laughs> yeah, but it's cooler than that. It's cooler than that. We're talking, she's cool. going to get on the ground, she's going to spin. Hey. Yeah, 
And she'll do some, she'll spin circles around you. I will. Yeah. All day. She defies gravity. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys so much. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to have you. And I'm happy happy. to have you back real soon. And I'm happy to be working on those True Heart Project videos. Let's go. Real soon. Let's get that back in rotation. All right. right. Yeah. Now, guys, don't forget, she's on social media. You can go find her stuff. She's doing God's work. I'll see you soon. (laughs) Ruse Radio, clocking out.